back to the Peripheral Views podcast. This is our third episode. Uh, we're going to dive into the music theory, uh, series. Um, we've got an album to talk about tonight. Uh, this is Peripheral Views with Jake and Errol. Um, in this series, we're going to be talking about a big album from the 1950s out of a big, an even bigger genre, I would say, um, out of the, the old Western uh, country genre. Uh, the album's called Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Uh, it was written, recorded, and performed by Marty Robbins uh, back in the 50s. We're going to dive into that and try to dissect it, give a little review, a little critique, um, see how we feel about it. And uh, we're going to go through that track by track, and we'll we'll kind of lay all that out as we move along. Errol, how you doing tonight? Ooh, not too bad at all. Um, I am really glad we are... Um, taking apart this album. I like to uh, refer to it as uh, Marty Robbins' Gunfighter Ballads and Why You Don't Actually Hate Country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have included that because uh, anyone who has a perception of what country sounds like um, from the 21st century um, so needs sorry. to hear this, for sure. Needs needs to, needs to hear what this one's about because this is a, uh, this is a different era. And, and back when country was a... T- even for the time as a country album, it, it sounds different, right? Yeah, no, I would I would absolutely agree. Um, it's almost like it's almost like he like method acted it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? He right. really put himself in the position of just like an old fashioned cowboy. Yeah, I mean he lived it too. And we'll uh, we'll, we'll dive into all that good stuff because that, that really is a big um on it's a it's a nice story to go through about his life too and we won't do it it's not a biography series it's not part of that um at, you know aspect of our podcast our podcast is specifically sectioned off into series that we are going to dissect each but marty robbins has a pretty interesting life story and we'll we'll tap into it just a touch uh, as we're moving along but like i said this is more about the music this is about the album uh the 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 album the iconic record gunfighter ballads and trail songs um, it's endlessly listenable. Um, it's, it's timeless. It sits in its own, its own sector of time. Um, it sounds like, it sounds like the old West, but you listen to it now and it's been, it's been reused over and over again and applied into different forms of media throughout the years. Um, so it just, it still feels new. even to It's this like day, a, so. it's like a snow globe of like an <laughs> yeah. album. Like you yeah, just, exactly you, right. You just you just get to shake it and look at it, and it, it really does just bring you right back to that time. And you can it, um, does. it it makes it easy. He really he makes it easy. Yeah, he does. He and the way it's produced, the way it's performed, it's it's. We'll we'll get into all that. We're going to talk about it for quite a little bit here. Um, but first, let's do some housekeeping. Um, let's dive into uh, the big the big aspects of uh, you know supporting the podcast. If you guys want to support the podcast, um, and you know you can continue listening to us on whatever platform you found us. Um, that's going to be one of three places now pretty excited to announce that um, we are as per usual we can be found on soundcloud that was um, that's always been the case leading up to this episode um, the ogs South, yep the ogs they've they've supported us and hosted us up until this point and that can be uh you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash peripheral views one two three that's um that's soundcloud.com forward slash peripheral views one two three um, that's, that's where you, that's where we've been hosting most of our, our streaming at this point. Um, also nothing new here. We're on Twitter at peripheral V one, two, three. That's our Twitter account. Leave us feedback. We post the episodes up on there. 
Um, we'd love to hear your replies, any commentary that you guys have to, you know, um, contribute to the podcast or what we have to say about this content. Um, that's a good spot to hit us. And we will, uh, we check that pretty regularly. So, um, we'd appreciate any feedback we can get and any support, any retweets, uh, any sharing devices that you can, um, support us with. We, we really appreciate it. Um, for any further contact, that's a little bit more direct. You can hit us at Gmail. Um, and that, that, that's a big, um, you know, if, if we, if you have an inside feedback that you really want us to get to, or you really want us to answer, maybe you don't want us to, you don't want to, you know, uh, reach out publicly, or you want us to, you know, um, confront it publicly or address whatever your feedback is publicly. Um, you can hit us at peripheral views podcast at gmail.com. That feedback's also just as important. Um, we want to hear what you guys have to say. Great um, way to get a hold of us it would be the, the right. Gmail. Yeah, yeah, yeah the it, Gmail's um, great. You, you don't have to... Questions, you know, concerns, any yeah, kind of... If you want to avoid social media, that's a good outlet for it, too. So um, anybody who's listening who wants to give us some feedback, good or bad, critique us, tear us down, whatever you got to do, that's a good spot for it, too. Um, huge. Uh, love, to, love to hit this announcement. Um, if you've happened to, up until this point, listen to our first two episodes... Uh, you know that we're we've been working on getting on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Those are big platforms to have a podcast hosted, and uh, it took a little bit of time to get the publication um, finalized. But I'm happy to announce that that's uh, that is that is completed, and we are officially on Apple Podcast. So um, on the podcast app on your Apple iPhones um, or your Apple devices. Just pop us in that search bar, peripheral views. Um, if you're listening to us, if you come across us anywhere else on social media or elsewhere, uh, good spot to pick up our, our content and have a listen on the Apple podcast. And the same goes for Spotify. Throw us in the search bar. We are officially on Spotify now. Um, and we're Let's go. pretty pumped about it. Yeah, yeah, we're off and running. Moving moving ahead, those are the big uh, you know contact uh, points for us. Um, any, like I said, any support you guys can give us, we really appreciate it at this point. Um, and, uh, we, uh, we look forward to hearing any feedback we can get from you guys as we move along. And it'll probably take a while, you know, we're, we're working hard to, to try to pump out as many episodes as we can. We're, we're busy fellas, but we're, yeah, honestly, best case scenario, uh, you don't, uh, you just find us out uh, out of the bloom. We already have a bunch of episodes going, but like, if you're, if you're here with us from the start, we appreciate that as well. Hell yeah. You know, there's a few of you listening so far, so we really appreciate uh, anybody who's who's taking the time to listen to up, up to this point. And if you're listening retroactively, even better. Really appreciate you coming back and uh, taking a peek at our content. Um, really want to hit a big point of uh, appreciation to this uh, particular um, artist, we'll call them. Huge. Um, yeah, so, so pumped about this, uh, you know, somewhat endorsement. I, they haven't really... I don't want to call them supporters of the podcast, but they have allowed us to utilize some of their um, some of their music content. It's a band called Via Luna um, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I got in touch with the I got in touch with those guys online, and they um, gave us the green light to kind of pump in a little bit of their music here and again for interludes, intros, outros, that kind of stuff. Their uh, uh, instrumental post rock math rock band out of Kansas City great tunes i mean they've just they've got you know a couple of eps and an album or two out um their newest album is called muted earth um that came out earlier this year um it's great it's a it's a six track it's it's a it came out back in march um 
it's uh it's a it's a final piece of a four part of a four part concept album series um it's been a long time in the making and they were super pumped about getting it out there um i've listened to it front to back it's really great i love the pun titles uh with greg power comes greg responsibility is just that's just hilarious. <laughs> i mean they're they've always been pretty good about that kind of thing that they're out there track titles are just always really funny um but they're a really talented band give them a listen um i'm gonna pump a song in uh at some point in this in this album or in this uh episode of the podcast so you guys can get a little taste of what they sound like if you're into them and you like what you hear feel free to dive in um you can they can be found on Bandcamp, um on spotify um probably on apple music as well um they're out there um they're out there doing the damn thing they're you know they're an upstart band. They've been around for a while, but they're, you know, they're trying to get support just like us. And uh, we really appreciate them being willing to let us use their music. So I want to make sure that they, uh, for the music that we do use and that you guys do hear, um, want to make sure they get their due credit. So if you like what yeah. you hear, in fact, we're going to take a quick short break before we dive into any more of the, uh, of the podcast it, over the next, you know, uh, over the next hour and a half or so when we dive into this episode, um, we're going to mostly be talking about Marty Robbins, but we'll take a quick short break. And in the meantime, feel free to enjoy Via Luna. Um, this is the band we were just discussing. Um, here's a track from them. Um, so a little sample of what they sound like. If you dig them, check them out. Uh, we'll be back in just a few to talk, uh, to talk a little bit more through the podcast. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Thank you, Via Luna. band out of kansas city like i said check them out if you dig the sound they're a really cool band um super out my my alley i love their sound um and they've they've been putting out good tunes for a handful of years now so um check them out if you dig what they sound like um so moving in uh let's talk um before we get into the marty robbins record uh let's get into um i just want to do a quick little recap review of our previous ep episode as customarily we do um 
So from the second episode of the Peripheral Abuse Podcast, we did a, it was a, a part of our biography series, and it was about um, the American boxing icon, Sonny Liston, uh, former heavyweight champion from the 1950s and 60s. Huge, huge story. Um, it was a ton of fun to do research about. It was dark also, um, but it had... Yeah. It was very rewarding. Errol, how do you feel like we? How do you feel like we covered it? Did we miss anything big? Did we? Did you? Um, is there anything additional that you'd like to, you know, readdress? So I don't really think we missed like a lot of the stuff, and this is a topic that I've uh, felt passionate about for like a while. And then like if like when you, as you know, when you reached out to me for the podcast, I was like. I want to talk about Sonny Liston. I was like, I don't know why everyone doesn't know about Sonny Liston. He was the torchbearer to Muhammad Ali, just the end of an era, uh, just a just a, a Hulk of a man. Uh, but I don't, I don't think we missed a lot of stuff. But what I will say is, um, if we did miss anything, I bet it was picked up by Rainy Day Boxing on YouTube. Um, they are it's almost what inspired me to talk about Sonny Liston. Um, I was just one day, just a rainy day, honestly, just a uh, early morning going through a boxing kick, just learning about the uh, stories, uh, past stories of everyone. You always hear about Muhammad Ali, uh, everything like that. And I was like, what really is the backstory to Sonny Liston? They have a, a great little documentary about him. I think it's like 20 minutes long or so, uh, you know pictures they actually have like some of the fights and stuff uh really really good stuff there so if we missed anything i would check out a rainy day boxing i would just uh i would implore you just to uh you know look up the uh uh, look into it yourself other than that it's a really uh really intriguing tale awesome yeah furthermore on that note um I'll, i'll actually plug a little bit of a uh so um an informative um contribution i you could call it um it's it's definitely one of the references that i used um a bunch it's a podcast called the dark side of boxing um you can find those guys on apple Podcasts. uh i believe they're english based um they're they're fantastic and they did a they did a great uh sunny list and if you type in sunny list in the dark side of boxing you'll find it in your your apple podcast uh, they might be on youtube too I, i'm not sure i listen to them on apple podcast but i found a lot about his story um, on that podcast, that podcast was super informative. It was really helpful for, you know, our note taking and our, and the research we did for our podcast, um, at least on my end. So those are two great sources. So if you want to dive in and learn a little bit more or, you know, kind of piece together what, what we came across informationally along with those two sources, you could definitely find that, um, you could put a complete story together on Sunny Listen if you found it, you know, interesting enough to do so. So yeah, no, that's great. Good, good, uh, Good point to talk about there. Well, I appreciate that because that's um, that's good for listeners who, if you if you listen to it and you were super enthralled by it, but you needed more, it's good to have a follow up to maybe because I've done oh, that yeah. with podcasts before. It's like, oh yeah, you, wow, did, you left you me a little did, bit. You just get started. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. Right when you're done, right when it hangs up, you're like, wait, I got nothing else to do. You're like, whoop, whoop, type it right in. Yeah. No. So yeah, and and if you're listening, if you're just jumping in here on uh, our uh, third podcast of the Peripheral Views podcast here. Um, this is episode number three. And if you are just diving in here, uh, please be sure to check out our second episode on the biography of Sonny Liston. It's available for all your listening pleasures on all of the major podcast platforms at this point now, which I'm happy to tell you. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, and those can be linked right. You can find most of those links right on our Twitter account um, at peripheral v 123 So 
feel free to check that out. Um, Errol, what's going on in the, in the, in the world of music for you? Um, before we dive into the Marty Robbins uh, album, you know, album review, if you want to call it that, within our music series, before we dive into that album and start talking about what is an unbelievable mark of, of uh, the evolution of American music, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of music on your end. What have you been, uh, what have you been, what's been massaging your, you know, audio for uh, the uh, recent weeks? Um, I've been uh, uh, feeling a little nostalgic. I've uh, been finding myself listen to, listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of tribe, a lot of a tribe called Quest. Uh, their Excellent. latest album, um, why can't I think of it off the top of my head? Uh, it was a uh, really good. Uh, You're talking about the 2015 album or 16 or seven, somewhere in that range. It came out like, or are you talking? They, did they put anything brand new out? No, no, not like brand new at all. Um, it was, it was a, it was a little while back. Uh, bear with me for 2016. Once. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. That yes, the yes, that's, that's the, it's great. That's the exact one. Um, really like that. Uh. But yeah, no, I've been uh, kind of in a vacuum recently. Uh, I haven't. Uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have a lot of time. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to uh, produce all this stuff now. All this fun stuff. Ooh, sure. As I told you, I recently uh, auditioned for a play. Thought I might get a role. I didn't. I got three. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It's a it's a month away. Uh, anyone, if anyone's listening to this in Watertown, I guess uh, we are. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a June twenty uh, third and twenty fourth at the um, at the fairgrounds municipality hall, and uh, they're just gonna Great be a, uh, oh yeah, just a six six mini plays uh, around a ten to thirty minutes each. Uh, they're just uh, based on oddities and mysteries. Just a nice little nice little showcase of the town talent. Beautiful. Congratulations, uh, number one and number two. Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll. Uh, you know, if anybody happens to check this out before those dates, um, please go and uh, support the uh, the local talent there for sure. Um, and if not, um, if not, we're gonna follow up with Arrow probably in the next podcast and see how see how everything went. And um, hopefully, will somebody be recording the the performances? I think so. If it's bad, then like I, I was telling you, I'll probably just run out. So, but like worst case scenario, um, if something is decent, then yeah, we'll be good to go. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. If someone gets a hold of me and they're like, Hey, I heard about the play from the podcast. I will pay for your ticket Hey, for up to no uh, five people. I'll do five people. Cause I was going to say, if this just blows up out of proportion, I'm not rich guys, but like, you know, I don't. If anyone wants to see it on my behalf, whether you know sink or swim, I I got you. I got I got some money for you, fam. Oh yeah, I love it. Beautiful, 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 great. And listen, even if not, if if uh, you know, please, any any anybody listening outside of the area, which is probably at you know by the time of of releasing this recording, um, most people are probably out of the area. But even even in the in that case, do uh do us a, a solid and. Um, in homage to uh, Errol's performance um, on the stage that night, go and support your local uh, performers. Those guys are working real, just as hard as everybody else, if not harder. Most of them are holding down, just like Errol, they're holding down full-time jobs and they're still trying to, you know, push the creative boundaries and, 
and uh, flex that that creative muscle on their you know on their personal time and it, it costs it's it's not easy to do a it's hard work b and c it takes it takes courage to do that and uh you know you got to support those folks i'll uh, i'll tell you what uh, that that is a it's a i i absolutely agree with that because one of the reasons that really pushed me to do this was uh i went and watched a play with my mom we had a great time we had a great time it's take so your, fun right take, take a family great. member to a play it's just it's it's kind of if they're singing, it's kind of goofy. It's kind of silly. They're going to have some kind of overarching meaning at the end. It's going to be you'll have a fun time. It's uh, always, you know, 15 bucks to uh, watch watch people really bear it, really bear it all on the on the stage. I uh, I promise uh, if it it's good, if it's good and it's better, if it's bad. That is all say, I'm saying. Yeah, I was so going to say, like, literally best and worst case scenario is that somebody yeah. very important takes a shit on that stage and you, fucking runs out. Because, right, like, you, that's the worst case scenario, but you got your money's worth. Right. If you see a bad full. movie, you just wasted your time watching a bad movie. If you watch a bad play, you just seen someone have a meltdown in real life. Yeah. I that think is, it was, um, I think it was Bertrand Russell who wrote something about, like, the philosophy surrounding, like, in, uh, humiliation. Like he wrote an entire book about humiliation and why like humans find it like um, it's hard to like it's the car crash thing like it, yeah, it's not not that car crashes are humiliating but it's hard to look away and no like, yeah the old them. train wreck effect it's just you, right you, it's awful but like you gotta watch it you have to you can't it. look away it's the there's something very strange about humiliation that where it's like like shame I think it was actually the book was actually centered around shame more more specifically or you know. Um, or a coupling of shame and, and humiliation but like there's something about it that like it's very enticing to humans on a psychological level and it's it's in there it's evolutionary in, 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 to a degree so um but anyways yeah no definitely if if you can't make it out to errol's play um uh, errol go ahead and plug that uh, location and date again oh yeah it's going to be at the uh, watertown uh, fairgrounds municipality hall that's the, watertown uh, new york Yes, Watertown. Yeah. Oh, if anyone's making the trip up, okay. Yes, um, not. Yeah. but hey, listen, you never know. Yeah, and that will be could have uh, some diehards. Yeah, and that will be June twenty uh, third and twenty fourth. Uh, we got six plays going on. I'll be in half of them. Hell yeah, beautiful. All right, great plug, Errol. Um, yeah, so if you get the time and you've got an open opportunity, check that out. Um, as far as music goes, Errol has been listening to uh, the most recent tribe called quest album back dating back to 2016 uh it's called we got it from here thank you for your service it's a great album i believe that life dog of of a tribe called quest had passed away at this point um is that right you think i i, I don't I'm not sure if he was alive still um let me check it out yeah he had passed away earlier in the year before they released the album it's actually a pretty good album what's your favorite track on that one uh, there is so much uh, there's a lot that I really like um, uh, I'm a big fan is... of Conrad Tokyo with Kendrick on it that was yeah so was... Conrad Tokyo might be like the standout like um, one in there mm-hmm. but it definitely might be the uh, standout because that is it's just such a uh, hot song yeah um, they, well it's because it's a they saved that instrumental for Kendrick clearly um, yes and B it's it's got the instrumental is just like perfect like i don't know it's the one i think it's the most accessible we'll call it like it's like radio accessible like it's it's clearly the catchiest one in my opinion um on a 
kind of basic, more basic level. I, I'm not trying to downplay it. I actually, I'm, that's more of a compliment. It's I, no, I'm, yeah, that like it's just a uh, like a uh, like the essence. Like it's just like a pure mm. like a uh, raw. It's the easiest one to just start nodding your head to as soon as you hear it. Um, yeah, um, I I know you like kids. Oh yeah, kids with Andre <laughs> yeah. I know uh, yeah. that one with uh, yeah, well Andre with Andre Stacks. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. so that one's with Andre three thousand and Q Tip, and they kind of go back and forth, and, and that shit's I mean it's unbelievably catchy. So um, yeah, there's a lot of great artists on that who contributed to it. I think Ye's on there, um, free Nazism. Um, uh, <laughs> Elton John has some like uh, some of his obviously his like either samples of him in there. Um, uh who else has been there um, i love uh, the Rhymes. space program yeah the opening track's great it's a good one that's another good one because you got fife in there because his you know fife dog before he passed away clearly he had done some recording um for the album beforehand and uh, i'm glad we're talking about it because i actually didn't you you uh you didn't let me know that we were talking about this which obviously we're we're not you know no you know, i didn't i thought to... we were just going to talk about no i know we don't disclose listen no, to yeah i just pre-listened right. to some of uh your stuff and i was just going to talk about that i didn't really have anything so no i'm glad though, on I like the spot it. but i was like yeah no i have a yeah no i uh you gotta love some tribe man timeless man i was listening to uh actually electronic relaxation when i was uh, coming back from work yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, they they have yet to produce a bad album. I'd say the Love Movement's probably the weakest, uh, but even that has a couple of pretty deep. Find a way is an, an iconic track, but the rest of that one kind of fell off a bit for me. But obviously, the number, in my opinion, favorite Tribe album is Low End Theory. I think that's most people's. I mean, that thing's there's not yeah. a bad song on it. They're all great. Um, so great album, great band. Um, but we won't we won't dwell on that too long. Um, for me, well, I'll pump out. I'll pump them out quick. I've got like, uh, I've got three albums, and then I've got two bands I want to push. Uh, we won't talk about them at, at length. I wanted to um, recently, and I don't think it's quite out yet, but uh, the the band Tame Impala. I call them a band, but it's really just one dude. Um, I'll pull them up. Uh, they're doing the um, Australian um, group. They do live performances, so it is a band, but like the project itself is kind of performed by uh their lead guy kevin parker um they've got a they're doing like a 10-year anniversary of a really great album that they uh released a ways back called lonerism um it was actually it came out right about the time that uh, around the time i was in college and it was like this like very psychedelic neo psychedelia album that kind of like you know, he's got his voice kind of sounds like the Beatles a little bit. Um, he's got like a very like Paul McCartney, John Lennon sound to his vocals. Um, and it's very psychedelic. It's very laid back, a lot of synth, a lot of psychedelic work, pop stuff. Um, great freaking album. Um, uh, really enjoy that album when it first came Immaculate out. Immaculate vibe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly, that's what exactly what it is. It's, it's, um, and it's got like, it's got a couple of tracks that probably go a little too long. It's not a perfect album, but it's 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 phenomenal. I, it's, it, the thing is, ten years. I think it still holds up. I was yeah, like, it does. It really I was does. listening to some stuff. I was like, this is good. It does. It's still good, and it's you know, it's no, you know what's so, great about it too, and why it holds why it holds up is because it's already kind of neo, like it's already kind mm-hmm. of retro. You know, it's it's already harkening back. Right. To like yeah. If time, you so if it, you like it, it's because you liked it. Yeah, it's true. Um, so that that ten year anniversary album uh, should be coming out. 
soonish. I'm not exact. I'm not exact. It looks like it came out in the fall of 2012, so it should be on its way um, out at some point. If not, you can find the original. It, it, it doesn't really matter because the original album is already out, um, and I don't think that unless he's going to add something to it, um, which I don't. I'm not sure that Kevin Parker is doing that. Um, but either way, the original album Lonerism is fantastic. It's a great track, great track for track album. Feel free to dive into that if you're interested um, in some like neo psychedelic stuff. Uh, really good album. Um, next album I wanted to talk about was uh, quickly. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about it, but uh, it's called "I Only See the Moon" by the Milk Carton Kids. This is um, this is a band that like if you like them, you like them. If you don't, they'll probably put you to sleep. They're fantastic. There are like, regardless of whether you like them. Yeah, whether you like them or not, like their musicianship is undeniably fantastic. Like they're very skillful. Um, they have a brand new album out, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I haven't really gotten like intimate with it, so to speak. Like I really have only heard it through um like their singles as they've released it. So I, I really haven't gotten to like dive into it like wholesale quite yet, but um it is a great um sound and their and their sound doesn't evolve much it's and i hate to say that to you know i don't mean that be you know to be smirched them or um you know diminishingly because um you know what they're doing is great like their sound is very much them um it's just two guys with two acoustic guitars and they're you know they uh they play very classically um and it's a it's it's a so far it's a great album. I believe that the actual full record won't be released until um, actually no, it should be out now. Um, I think it dropped in May, so yeah, it should be out there for you guys to find. It's called "I Only um, I Only See the Moon" by Milk Carton Kids. Great album if you want to just kick back. Um, it's it's like it's almost like you cook a nice meal for your family. You pop that sucker on, everybody just kind of chills out. You know what I mean? feel that yeah yeah it's got a good vibe um and the last album that i really wanted to uh push very importantly because i think it's a, just a amazing album and it's like its title is hilarious and the band is always kind of like this they're always pretty funny um but uh i want to talk about quickly uh periphery the band periphery uh they released their seventh studio album called periphery five gent is not a genre and I'm not saying that as an opinion. That is the title of the album. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> this thing. It, th if you listen to this too loud, you will walk away with your eyebrow eyebrows burnt off. Like this will this <laughs> this will knock your knickers off. This thing has so much steam on it. I mean, it's just a it's just an unrelenting sledgehammer of a metal album. Um, and it's it's. It's a masterpiece. In my opinion, it's one of the best albums I've heard in probably three or four years. Um, Errol, did you get a chance to peek at any of that? Yeah, I wasn't able to watch or listen to the whole thing, but I mean, Periphery, they just always slap. Um, yeah, straight up. If I'm being honest, I've always been a sucker for anything coming uh, around Sumerian records, but uh, true, yeah, Periphery true, uh, is just... Uh, I I only was able to listen to like the first song, the uh, Dracula Gross, and they 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 never disappoint. They really don't. No man, Misha Mansour, their lead guitarist, he's like their project um, leader in terms of instrumentation. He's just a wizard, and uh, 
I think the album is hilariously titled uh, Gent is not a genre. Like you got to have some audacity. To... Like, what is what a statement? You know, you, you you call your title of the album Gent is not a genre and then proceed to release an entirely Gent album. Like, like I just think that's hilarious. Whatever. I know that there's like a lot of controversy around like Gent as a genre. Um, but uh, if, if so far as it is a genre, it, you know, Meshuga, the, you know, the the metal band from I believe they're from Sweden. Um, I could be wrong about that, but um, they're from somewhere in Northern Europe. Yeah, they're Swedish. Um, they kind of coined the term gent uh, for a style of like a style of play of metal. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way to describe it. It's probably a little more technical than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's kinda... I don't have a guitar. <laughs> well, <I> was, <laughs> give me a second. If you could, if you, could, <laughs> if you could, if you could audibly like. It, <laughs> if you could, basically as close as you can. That'd be a hot beatbox. Yeah, it's like a, it's very <laughs> choppy. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's very choppy, but it's very like um, I try time signature. Hey, that wasn't too bad. I'm not. I'm not going to complain. That was actually probably better than I could have done. Um, and and you, I love that you use the word gent as like an onomatopoeia. <laughs> that's, that's what I figured it was. That's you I thought that, that was why it was old the... school Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. put it in a comic book just someone tearing gen, 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 gen. Yeah. you just know that i honestly think that they were trying to do an onomatopoeia when they like coined the term but like i don't is. know maybe maybe they didn't convert or didn't translate almost, because they're swedish or something i don't know i'm almost positive it is i would I, if I, i'm i'm not a betting man i would uh i would uh you know i'd bet my old uh california prayer book yeah, on that little uh, <laughs> deck of cards. I'd... Yeah, why not throw down? Uh, you're going into the western stuff now. I'm going into the, <laughs> the western sling. sling. I yeah, am. I'm it. sorry. Beautiful. Well, that's a great segue because, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll drop my my favorite track on the album. If you're interested in like progressive metal, gent metalcore stuff, um, Periphery is a great band. They have basically every every album they put out to this point. Um, in my opinion, their best album was Periphery Two. That was my favorite. Um, overall so far but they've gotten kind of each album while each album has gotten like a each album some of them are weaker they like they always have one song that's better than anything they've ever done um on each album so they've really progressed as a band in 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 at some point in every album you they show what their metal is about and i mean that that's all you can ask for in like any band right. too just, yeah, just show just me what you one, right. one banger and then just fill the rest with what i don't even care give me a and single. i hate to yeah no because i hate to act like because it's not like any other album is bad every album is good i just think periphery 2 was the one where it was like oh shit they're like they're i think like 90 percent of this album is good whereas like i wasn't i they lose me on a couple of tracks along the way on the other albums although i will say the one right before this uh is called hail stan which is a play on hail stan yeah, which yeah. is really funny just, <laughs> um if you're just dyslexic yeah just once again just hilarious um that was pretty that was pretty dope that's a great and album. then and the craig one <laughs> well that's the aluna but yeah yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like just... we're getting we're getting into the into the weeds of like pun song titling which is Fantastic. That's all it takes for us over here at Peripheral yes. Views. Just have a great just... song title name, and we we will plug you. We will. Yeah, oh yeah. We will like, find something we like about it. We should have just called this like the Dad Jokes Podcast, which is <laughs> all about them puns. This but... song, this song has a pretty good dad joke for it for a title, <laughs> and that means I like it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, those are um, 
the best track on that new album though the album is called periphery five and it's not to be mistaken with our podcast peripheral views but uh they're they've been they've been around a lot longer than us they're a hell of a lot more talented and this album is periphery five gent is not a genre uh my favorite track on the album was wildfire it's the opening track they have the audacity to like you know uh blow your blow your brains out with like absolute like punishing punishing metal just brutality through like six minutes and then they just break out into in, into a jazz song like a soft easy listening jazz song and um, and then they cut they cut it right back around at the end to just to just you know kick your teeth in again right at the end so give them a listen um that's that's a great um great album to to dive in very different than the album we're going to be diving into today so um but uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing um great album Two bands I just want to talk about really quickly. I'm just going to plug them. I'll give it a quick description of what they sound like. I've been listening to a ton of them. We're talking about music today, so I just want to talk about what we've been listening to. Um, band called Elephant Sessions. They're a Scottish band. Um, they're they've got a really unique sound. It's very like poppy, but they use like very authentic Scottish instruments. Um, they have a very Scottish sound, which you can imagine is very like um heavy on like wood instruments they're they're they sound amazing like their their instrumentation is just beautiful it's it's got a very but they're modern you know they use they use um electronic instruments as well some synthesizers and stuff to keep them sounding modern and they're they're young guys so that's what they're privy to anyway um great band um with a couple of really good albums and then i want to talk about really quickly uh drive-by truckers I've been really into drive-by truckers. Uh, always love that band. They have been around for like, I don't know, like 25 years at this point, just like pumping out one good record after another. They are, and and, and they're just so reliable. And I just wanted to uh, show a little appreciation to that band because they have, they've basically never put out a bad album. And if you're into them, you'll love them. If it's not your jam, if you're not into alt country, no big deal. They're, they might not be for you. And maybe there's another alt country band out there for you, but uh, everything they've ever done, I've always been super impressed with. Um, so far as I've heard it, I've been a fan for about ten years now, and they've uh, they've treated me well because everything they've put out has been uh, a real treat for me. So, um, if you're interested, those are my music suggestions or recommendations. Um, Elephant Sessions, Drive By Truckers, Periphery Five, Gent is not a genre by Periphery. I only see the Moon by Mill Carton Kids, um, Lonerism. 10 year anniversary album um, or just dive back into the 2012 uh, version of that uh, Lonerism by Tame and Paula. Those are my music suggestions. Errol, uh, what do you say? Let's burn the breeze as we're heading to 1950s American Southwest for tales and woes of the old West through the savvy storytelling of our friend, Marty Robbins in the iconic American Western country album, Gunfighter Ballads and Train Songs. Trail songs, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'd say uh, I'd say giddy up, partner. Giddy up, let's do it. We'll be back in just a few. Thanks for listening. I see a candlelight down in the little green valley Where morning glory vines are twining round my door Oh, how I wish I were there again Trouble me no more There's only
That's the thought that I'll be going back someday And every night down upon my knees I pray the Lord to please take me Back to that little Okay, welcome back. welcome back. Thank you uh, again for listening. Um, we're going to dive into it. Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Um, an amazing album. Huge, huge album. A um, little heavy, actually, to be jumping in as our first yeah. music album. But uh, yeah. glad to do it. It's 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 such a great piece of uh, piece of American history in a lot of ways. Um, so, Errol, what was your first exposure to Marty Robbins? I know that, uh, you know, he's been around since the, you know, late 40s into the 50s. He was a big name even in the 60s and 70s. So uh, what's your uh, what's your initial exposure to him? I think it was uh, the same as a lot of people. Um, it was a Fallout New Vegas, uh, my, oh. my first love. Um, I was never really a big fan of, as I said before, I was never really a big fan of country songs. Or like anything like that. Played a little Fallout New Vegas. I was like, oh my goodness. It's not just the stuff on the radio. And Big Iron on his hip. Just iconic. I I was playing a whole game. I was like, I'm going to sit here and uh, have a run through where I'm going to like be like a melee guy. I heard the song Big Iron on his hip. I'm like, all right, you got to dump all your stats into small guns, man. We got to get the big iron. We're going to roll just straight <laughs> sheriff build starting right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. But man, no, I um, I love the game. I love the song and I love the album. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And and, and that is probably, um, you know, it's funny because I don't know that that's actually my first exposure to um this album, I guess, or Marty Robbins himself. I will say this. It's hard to say where my initial exposure kind of started. Um, I will say this. If, if that is the first, whether I know it or not, that was the first one. Like I heard that song in that game and took note, but I didn't bother to look up what the hell that music was. I was just like, God damn, this is good. Like playing that game. Cause I played Vegas, new Vegas too, obviously um, endlessly, like probably way too much, but it was that game was just so iconic and that sound from the game was um truly incredible and there's listen if we have any listeners over the age of 60 who are rolling their eyes at a couple of young cats talking about we heard marty robbins for the first time on a on a you know playstation 4 video game or ps3 video game or xbox video game I understand because I know this guy is like an American icon, but it's just true. This for our generation, this this was the bridge. You get um, you get presented whatever's on the radio every single day, whatever's the top twenty hit. You get one of those in rotation ad infinium. So it was that's right. I'm really glad for Fallout in general, just to uh, kind of shake it up, bring some uh, some of the old tunes, bring some of the old world blues to us. Interestingly enough, they did that in Fallout Three too. Like they always oh yeah tap, all, they all always of them are. Well, yeah, no, the whole thing is like a like a, a dystopian uh, 
apocalypse or everything stopped like in a atomic age like in 19 well yeah. 1950s right. it stopped right. like right. right like that was these were That's the why last was there exactly. there were the last songs on the radio at the time and there was nothing new. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's the hot new track for the last that's how big years. The old Big Iron was. That was. That's how big a track it was. It was the what was stayed the, around. That's right. It sure did. So um, so that wasn't really that that probably was my initial exposure without truly knowing it. Um, I would say that it's likely that I probably heard it along the way. You know, I have aunts and uncles who were into that um, old school country stuff from the rockabilly Western outlaw stuff. Um that dates pretty far back. So I'm sure along the way in my earlier years, I probably heard it, but that's probably the first time as well that I was like, Oh, what's this? I'm interested in what this sounds like. Cause this is um, just a unique, this man's voice is just very unique. It's like almost it's operatic in a way. And yeah. And um, almost unique. like a, and like to like a retort to any old person who's watching this, like, Oh, these kids are, Oh, they just were influenced by some video game. We could be talking about Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, Elvis, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry, right. Fats Domino. They are. <laughs> this is not. This is a big time for music. This is. I'm not just saying like, oh, like be glad, but like, no, we we are glad to talk about Mar- Marty Robbins amongst the greats. Because is, he is amongst the greats. He really I is, think, and he dude, I like him more than Elvis, man. Uh, think, Johnny me Cash. Too. I don't. Yeah, I, I, won't, a, I won't go. I won't go that far. Oh, I won't say that yet. But Listen, I'll man. tell you what: the man in black about... does not. The man, the man in black does not appreciate this besmirching. Yeah, no, I won't name. say anything negative, but I will say there, there is a reason we're talking about Marty Robbins right now, and it's because we really like him. We really do. Yeah, no, his his uh, his entire you know his discography, if you want to call it that, his hits, his 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 role in music is. um Iconic is like a, you know, that's a, that's a small word for it, but uh, let's talk about Marty Robbins a little bit. Let's talk about where he comes from. So uh, Marty Robbins was born Martin David Robinson, September 26, 1925 in Glendale, a suburb of Phoenix in Maricopa County in Arizona. Uh, his father was Scottish and German, possibly of some Polish descent. And he started by playing And his father also played the harmonica. Marty's mother was, um, a descendant of maybe a little Irish, Scottish, German. So he's he's boys boys got some European in him, um, but he but he's he's all West because he was born in Arizona. So like this is when you hear an album like this that like all the stories take place in the old West, you know where this comes from. This guy actually grew up in in the area. And, it was uh, his parents' life, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. legitimately, truly, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll dive because into that. that was the. Yeah, late uh, 19th century, right? Yeah, right. Was... Yeah, so so like he talks about like his um his uh, maternal grandfather, Texas Bob Heckle, who's a traveling salesman, raconteur, and uh, local medicine man. Um, he recalled he, he quote Marty quoted by saying, um, "quote He had two little books of poetry he would sell. I used them to sing. I used I used to sing him church songs and he would tell me stories. A lot of the songs I've written were brought about because of stories he told me like big iron. I wrote because he was a Texas Ranger. At least he told me he was. So (laughs) it's it's funny because you never know with outlaws. You don't know. Right. Like, especially in that era. Yeah. He could, he could be an outlaw and he's just the last one living. (laughs) It's like, yeah, but I was a Ranger. Right. Before he's born in 25. So these stories were probably told to him in the thirties. And like, you're talking about his uh, 
you know, his maternal grandfathers probably grew up in the late 19th century, mid 19th century, like, you know, who's who and who's on the right side of the law and the wrong side of the law is probably very blurry, right? Man, it doesn't matter until someone's laying down at the at the strike of noon. <laughs> That's goddamn right. Yep. That's exactly right. Who's going to be, uh, who's among the willows, as they used to say. Mm. Um, and uh, he, and Marty makes that clear in this whole, mm. you know, there's heroes, there's villains, but like, you know, heroes lose and villains win, man. It's That's not, right. life isn't, it's not fun. It's not fun in the old West. At least it wasn't. No. And he grew up in it and uh, he was inspired by a lot of, uh, you know, he was, he grew up alongside like some of the, and, and it's interesting because he kind of paved the way for this outlaw country um, scene in the fifties uh, and sixties. Like this album came out. Um, this album is so important to the, to the genre. It was released in 1959. So it's, it's, pretty early for an outlaw album most guys let you would consider outlaw country the willie nelsons the Waylon jennings these guys were pretty clean cut you know at first merle haggard would probably be the exception but as you know as far as the you know the the, the mount rushmore of outlaw country singers Waylon jennings and Will, willie nelson when they when willie nelson's first couple albums came out in the 50s these were clean cut albums this he wasn't rocking the bandana and the beard and the ponytail and the, and the bloodshot eyes from the weed it was the we it was the hank now. hills it was the hank hill version of right yeah he was clean yeah. cut he was talking about uh very conservative things he was trying he was on tv um he was um you know and whaling jennings was a similar story but marty robbins was not you know he was those things as well because you had to be at the time to make um to make it and you and and he definitely wanted to make it but he also his tales were that of an outlaw like sometimes he wasn't always his songs were not always written from the perspective of the you know the sheriff or the ranger was the good guy like um there was anti-heroism you know uh written amongst his his storytelling so he's he's an unbelievable figure in the in the history of country music so um as far as his biography, we, we maybe one day we could do a full biography on him, um, but I don't want to touch too much on that. I really want to dive into the album because, but now you know where he comes from. Um, how we're going to kind of break this apart is uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, this is the way that we're going to kind of dissect the album um, and just to give a layout and a format of what to expect. So um, first we're going to talk about 1959 when the album came out. We're going to talk about specifically what music um was out at the time what were the hits what were the big albums what were the popular artists at the time um we'll touch on that pretty quickly move right on through um then we'll talk about some of the stories about the album production how it got made who recorded it who's the musicians the label the producer and how long the album is so some of the details surrounding the album um and then we will do after, following that, we're going to do a track by track breakdown. That'll be the meat and potatoes of the episode. That will be the core um, of what we do here on the, on this episode. We're going to go track for track. We're not going to sit here and dissect every lyric. We're just going to kind of cruise on through. We're going to talk about what, what the songs are about, how we feel about them and move on. Um, uh, we'll then talk about some lyrical content, how we feel about the storytelling, what the stories mean to us, what we interpreted the stories uh, to mean. And um, we'll follow that up with what some of our favorite lyrics, our favorite measures, our favorite instrumentation from each track, what we, you know, some of the highlights that we enjoyed about the track. And then 
though after all of, of that is discussed per track, we'll move on to the next track and kind of coast through the album. Um then we'll close everything out and we'll uh we'll give the entire album in its in its full our personal rating. And um I didn't mention in the intro that we are still working on a website. Um once that website's up, we're gonna start posting some of this content in relation to the ratings. Uh, we do a rating out of 10 for specific pieces of content. We don't do that on biographies. We don't do that on historical events. Um, but I we, think we, we should. You should start rating people. You want to start rating people and start rating. Sonny Liston gives a, that boy gets a, gets a straight up eight. I'm docking points off that man. You know why? Because he's fucking <laughs> shit. He's <does> terrible <laughs> shit. <laughs> I can't. I can't give that boy full marks. No way. He did some fucked up shit. He, he was trying. He was trying. Yeah, right. No, I. I. That's a. That's a terrible. I give Tiananmen Square like a, like a two out of two out of ten. You give him about one a t- tank. A, t- a TN at a 10. Oh, dudes, come on now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I know we're going dad jokes. We're on Apple, but now we're not allowed in China. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can see yourself through the door. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just that's terrible. That's just terrible. Um, all right. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to dive in. Um, so after we do the rating, we'll have a place to post our rating for our uh, films and, and, and albums that we do reviews on. Um, and you can check that out. We'll probably have them sort of ranked over time. We only have done one film so far. That was the thing. Uh, peripheral reviews one PD one. Uh, check that out in all the same places you find this out this this episode. Um, but that will be the way that we go about the album. Um, so let's before we go to break, let's just talk about uh, 1959 in music. Should we, Errol? Why don't you uh, lead us off? What are some of the notes about 1959 that you found important? Man, it was a it was early when the whole music world was shaken up. Mm. It was uh, February third, uh, nineteen fifty nine. That was the day the music died. Wow, good, 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 good. Important, very, very important. Yeah, no, it was uh, who was it? Uh, Richie Valens, uh, La Bamba. I know I just I know I just said good that that was the day the music died, but that's not what it good, good. <laughs> Yes, good. Finally, finally, Buddy Holly. Yes, you want to hear that? Uh, yeah, Buddy Holly. Anyway. Every day, it's getting closer. And then old uh, man, JP Giles Perry, Big Bopper, Big Bop. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's horrible. Yeah, pretty, pretty important uh, moment in the history of music and the history of American culture. Um, obviously, just a uh, you know a tragedy. It's a, it's of course a tragedy how that all shook out. Um, I guess uh, I I heard that uh, their fuel was running bare, and then all of a sudden the plane was going faster than a roller coaster, and then it turned into La Bamba. Oh come on! I mean, just, I'm just you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's, you just gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just somebody somebody take this man's card. I'm sorry. Somebody no, it was actually a tragedy. <laughs> this man stab immediately. <laughs> All right. Come on. <laughs> I mean that man did nothing to you. No, I uh, love I I love uh, <laughs> La Bamba. I love uh what is it? Uh the Chantel Lace. Yeah, Red Freely Lace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, That's dude. Richie Havens, right? Yeah. Or Richie Valens, I'm sorry, Richie Havens hey. is somebody else. No, the uh, Giles Perry, Big Bopper. 
Oh, that's the big bopper. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. J.P. Richardson, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, at least you get, you, you know, there is a silver lining. I mean, we got that fucking horrible 1971 song by Don McLean, American Pie, written about that, you know, whole ordeal that everybody got to. You know, I say it's a horrible song, and the only reason I say that is because culture has told me it's a horrible song, but I actually fucking like it. I actually really mm. like the song. I think it's a great song. Like, if you actually sit down and... I think it's like beautifully written, but I also think that Don McLean wrote way better music that he never got credit for because of that mm. damn song. Like he's got some oh, unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, just uh, just it's hard to sit under or to outshine. Yeah, like you know, I, I mean, feel it's the monster of a track. But he wrote a song called "And I Love You So" that has been like covered a million times. It's like a gorgeous, gorgeous tune. Like it's a genuinely beautiful song. I'm I'm honestly shocked that there's not like a popular mo- mo- movie about like the day the music died. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they have been, but I don't know that. Yeah, but not like popular. not. I think. Yeah, that right is. That. Um, I can see a trailer right now with the Buddy Holly song. Every day it's a getting closer. All of a sudden, disorient like disorientated voice going faster than a roller, and then it's just like the plane going down, dude. That would be terrifying and yeah, they would, should make a modern work. one right they yeah, should they could do that they could make them like, i think a we say one. we say something about that in every season that they should make a movie about this they should make a damn movie well we're, this podcast is basically just every episode is just filler until we can circle back to film where the yeah. filler, that's to our, be yeah to be real house. yeah i hate to say that's kind of why we started right we really yeah. did just want to talk about movies and yeah. we're like we that's okay watch but- them we gotta well, read the thing these about books is, to talk about them. <laughs> you gotta talk about these damn books or so I can get back to the damn movies and try to sit on my ass. <laughs> but anyway, no, they did make a Buddy Holly uh, story film, a bio- biographical film about it, but it wasn't. It's, it dates pretty far back. That story should be retold. I, I'm actually with you on that. It's, a, it's an important story. And in 1959, that was easily the biggest thing that happened. Um, but I will so, argue it. It looks like... Um, as I'm reading here now, um, the album uh, "Kind of Blue" by uh, Miles Davis, which is uh, that album, is a fucking piece of. Master. Imagine trying to release music at this time. <laughs> Miles dude. Davis did. Miles Davis did. Let me he tell you care. Well, he's also well, Miles, Miles Davis. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was three hundred times the musician of Buddy Holly and Richie Valens. But um, no, if you that's my that's genuinely and this is just a coincidence. I didn't actually know this going into the podcast. I'm glad it's um, come to light though. Is that this album, Kind of Blue, has always been and um it's it's a staple in jazz music right like it's 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 always regarded like in like the conversations of like greatest uh jazz jazz albums ever made but like i've always considered to be like on my top like few favorite jazz albums like top three top five because there's a song called blue and green um that he did with bill evans on that album that will um i mean it'll it'll crawl in under your skin in, in a way you hear the even the opening chords like it's it's anybody who hasn't listened to kind of blue by miles davis dive right in it's not super long it's like under an hour um and it's one of the greatest pieces of music you will ever hear but, but like regardless of your opinion of jazz like some people don't like jazz i understand how it's it's not as accessible as a lot of other genres of music but um man, that I'll, came out I'll in 1959 and man what a year like that alone those two things alone because that is a monumental 
piece of music um, to have come out the same year as, as the album we're going to talk about today. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, I um I have such a soft spot for jazz. A uh, true Likewise. story, the other day, uh, there was this guy walking around town with a Jabberwocky mask, and he had a electric piano that he was just holding on his shoulder and just kind of dragging it along his, along his shoulder, and it was just randomly bling, 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 bling. And I was mm. like, that doesn't sound bad. I was like, this no. is, I was like, he doesn't know that. I was like, but this is art. I was like, he, I was like, I, then I was like, man, I really just need to look it out more. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about jazz is like, that's what makes it kind of unaccessible. But like, I mean, most, most guys who play jazz, there's like, it's, it's so much. Um, and I hate to, I don't want to pretend to be like, a you know, a, a, I'm not a, an authority on what is considered like quality jazz. Um, I will tell you this, if you've never heard kind of blue, it doesn't matter what I, what my opinion is of that album. And if you're a jazz fan and you've never listened to kind of blue, um, you're missing a big piece of your, of your history here. Cause that even in any form of music, that album will, if you listen to it front to back, if you sit down and actually listen to that album, it will, it will, you, and you truly have to soak it up. I mean, it's not one of those, you know, I know people listen to jazz while they're cooking their fucking chicken parm and shit, but like if you sit down and like and do nothing but listen, because that's I have done this in inner, you know, this activity before where that album has just been the only thing I'm doing when I'm listening to it. And it will crawl under your skin. It's you there's a sadness being evoked out of that that sound that like is it's just undeniable. It's just truly undeniable. And if you if you haven't taken the time to like give it a you know, give it a swig just find it find an hour it's not too long it's only 45 minutes i think or 46 minutes i think it actually was about that somewhere in there um it's 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 i mean it's iconic it's it's such a big part of where jazz went and even after the fact i mean there was uh you know uh it, it was it was influential and i don't want to i don't want to dwell on it too much but bill evans had a lot to do with it when you know on each track he wrote a few of the songs with miles davis and it's it's just an unbelievable album so 1959 you got two major those are two major things that happened in that year in the world of music um are there any other major things that happened errol that you uh you want to touch on before we move on <clears throat> not really that i can think of nothing that i'd like to uh, overshadow the uh the tragedy that was the day the music died yeah no no, no. those are i think we hit two, the two big ones i think in 1959 those are oh yeah uh, the, like i said sense. earlier elvis was around sure He's, yeah whatever he was doing i'm sure was uh was, shaking uh, his hips making the yeah. women making oh man i, I don't man my great-grandmother loved elvis i wonder why dude i don't like elvis i just there's better there was better that- there's better people out at the time. So there's so much better talent. Listen, if you're going to tell me I got to listen to an Elvis album or I got to listen to Marty Robbins' Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs, Ooh, you don't even have to ask got me, me question, messed got up. An for you. Do you want me to enjoy my day? Or do you want me to... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Um, so that's what's going on in 1959. Um, uh, it's a big year for music. There's a lot more than what we you know contributed. Those were just the ones that we wanted to talk about, the big moments, the big uh, the big pieces of content. The, the day the music died, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper are killed in a plane crash in Iowa. Um, 
and uh, the release of Kind of Blue by the Miles, Miles Davis jazz band, um, along with his, uh, you know, and I don't want I don't want to dis discount or, uh, you know, exclude Bill Evans, who is a big part of that album production. So um, huge, huge, huge two things that went on in music shaped shaped entire genres of American music and anything you're listening to today owes a great debt of uh, gratitude to just those two moments alone so um yeah for real so uh yeah those are the big ones we're gonna take a quick break we'll take a short uh little break here we're gonna circle back and then we're gonna dive right in to the the topic of the day topic of our episode the topic of music number one in our series of uh of of music in our podcast what we're gonna talk about big albums we're talking gunfighter ballads and trail songs by marty robbins when we come back hang tight I'll sing you a true song of Billy the Kid I'll sing of some desperate deeds that he did Way out in New Mexico long, long ago When a man's only chance was his old 44 When Billy the Kid was a very young lad In old Silver City he went to the bed Way out in the west With a gun in his hand At the age of twelve years He did kill his first man There's Mexican maidens Play guitars and sing Songs about Billy Their boy bandit king Ere his young manhood Has reached its sad end with a notch on his pistol for twenty-one men Was on a sad night when poor Billy died He said to his friends, I'm not satisfied There's twenty-one men I have put bullets through Sheriff Pat Garrett must make twenty-two I'll sing you how Billy the Kid met his fate The bright moon was shining, the hour was late Shot down by Pat Garrett. Okay, welcome back, Peripheral Views Podcast. This is our third episode. We're talking Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Huge album from 1959 from an iconic country music artist, um, massive album we're going to do the track by track breakdown we're going to talk a little lyrics we're going to talk a little storytelling we're going to talk a little instrumentation as best we know i want to throw a quick disclosure out there before we um you know before we dive in errol and i neither one of us are you know we're not accomplished musicians um we we don't read sheet music we're not professionals in any musical way so um i just want to throw this disclaimer out there just as an you know, for follow-up feedback, we are just talking appreciation. We're we're fans of the music. Um, one, you know, at some point we'll probably talk about music we're not super fans of, and we'll be a little critical. Um, but I don't want it to come off as um, smug or like we know um, what goes into you know musical composition because that's not that's not our expertise. We're just we just want to talk about the album because we find the album interesting and important um, in the world of music. So. Yeah, I stopped um, band like halfway through high school. So yeah, I, I mean, we're not very cheap music. Anything that we're, if we sound critical of any amount of music at any point in any podcast in this series, um, in any series, really, 
um, I don't want it to come off as, um, you know, egotistical. We're not, we're not professionals. We're just, we just want to talk about the albums and, uh, uh, that's pretty much the only disclaimer I'll give for it. Um, you know, we're not going to be apologetic about if we are critical, but I do, I don't want it to seem as though we are standing on a pedestal of, you know, brilliance. Um, it's because we are, we're not professionals in that field, but, uh, you know, we want to give a critical eye and, and express how we feel about the, uh, the content. So that being said, disclaimer out of the way, let's dive right into Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Um, Two different track listings for this album. Um, we're going to talk. There are two. Um, there's another one that, that was reissued in 1999. We're not going to talk that one. We'll discuss that one and its track order and how we feel about it um, at the end here. Um, but first and foremost, we're going to be talking about the original track listing on the original release from 1959. Um, and first up, um, we're going to talk about a big one. And I mean that literally and figuratively. Arrow, let's dive in. Uh, we're gonna, and, and I should mention in the format, we're gonna be introducing little samples from each each track. So just bear with us um, in between each song. Um, we're gonna back out of the audio and uh, and plug in just a little sample. So you guys, if you haven't heard the album and this is the first time you'd be listening to it, you'll get a little sample of each song. Um, so first up, on deck. Um, is track number one it's a big one it was written by marty robbins it comes in at three minutes 56 seconds in length and we are talking big eye to the town of our free who rode a stranger one fine day hardly spoke to folks around him didn't have too much to say no one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip It was early in the morning when he rode into the town He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around He's an outlaw loose and running, came the whisper from each lip and he's here to do some business with a big iron on That's Big Iron by Marty Robbins. Huge track. One of the most important tracks on the entire record. Um, this is actually the song. I don't know about you, Errol. This is the song that I remember from Fallout New Vegas. This is the one that I heard that I was like, oh, who's this guy? This sounds incredible. Um, it's a monster country ballad. It's about a lot of different things. It's a great story. It's got back and forth, twists and turns. Uh, what's your initial thoughts on the song, Errol? Man, not only does it set the tone for the game, like I was saying when you're playing, you just get real serious, because like you know, because it's like a first person, uh, first person shooter. So you're like, all right, I'm the sheriff with the big iron. It sets the tone for this. It's I think it's crazy that he starts with this one. It's mm-hmm. if not my favorite song in the in the whole thing. Like, but just it's a big one, this, dude. It's yeah. a big iron man. It's a yeah. it's such a great song. It really um, is. It's a monster song. It is uh it it showcases one of his uh one of his bigger talents and that's just the uh like the three part story. Like it's always yeah. just like a three part story, the beginning it's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's always satisfying. Um different variations of it, so he's he always says a lot with not saying much. And it's True. honestly 
as I've been like really listening to this stuff for like the last week, it's it's a talent that I, as a potential artist, really would like to hone. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the art of uh, saying a lot by saying a little. It's a uh, he uses a lot of the same words in a lot of the songs. A lot of uh, the same. He really uh, does. It's true. And you know what's interesting about his writing too is that like as you say that it makes me think twice about like. Um, I wonder if the composition of a lot of these songs lyrically, I wonder if he had like a, a lot of lyrics and then had to whittle it down and like really kind of, cause I mean, a lot of writers do this is like, I know that um, the writer, the author, Seth Godin, um, I've heard him in a few podcasts. He's a pretty accomplished author. Um, he's always talked about like the, the skills that you um, develop by just writing, like just writing period, not writing mm-hmm. quality, not writing, by just ensuring that you're doing the activity. It's just like anything else. If you want to get good at if you want to get good at shooting bow and arrow, you have to shoot the bow and arrow really bad for a while. Like you, you have to be pretty poor skillfully. Um and the same goes for writing is like you just have to write. And I wonder if like his writing style was probably pretty developed at this point in his in his you know country music career as as a you know a country music artist. But I wonder if these um these chunks of storytelling were like really long at first and then he whittled them down and then kind of shaved words off into these unbelievable verses and obviously there's like rhyming schemes that are important in the composition too but um no i think you're right he does he does really accomplish a lot by saying very little and um um let's get the gist of the story going i mean uh, the story of this song is basically it's a song about uh, an unnamed ranger who is uh, who's, who has a fateful duel with a notorious outlaw, Texas Red, um, and before you know, I, I will say that you know we're gonna we're gonna spoil everything from every song. So, uh, but there is a twist at the end, and uh, Texas Red gets his um, at the end of the song. Shockingly, too. I mean, what did you think when you broke down the lyrics? Did you actually think that the ranger would get the upper hand, or did you think they... Texas Red was the one inevitably? <clears throat> To win the no game. man so they they set you up they set you up real bad because they're just like a real real bad hombre in town just real stranger no one no one likes him you know stranger there among them he's just loose and running and the thing that gets me and it's one of the reoccurring themes on top of the uh uh on top of the uh one of the themes at the end with the clearing leather is uh the notches on his pistol that's the first time you see it, or that's the first time you hear it. Uh, he goes, the notches on his pistol, number one in 19 more, dude. These people were serial killers. <laughs> they, had, <laughs> they had 20 <laughs> dead people. Like, that is a, is a monster. Yeah, every notch, every notch on the pistol. It's also sick that they would notch, like, they yes, took a man's life and they to would like, notch remember, it. Like, like yeah, premeditated, right. like, and just here's hold on hold on hold on here's here's also the important thing to remember those 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 kills were only attributed to that weapon right so you don't know what other weapons he's (laughs) he's been slinging in the old west that had the same amount of notches or more or less but either way like yeah yeah you got like put it you know 12 or yeah you got the uh uh 20 on the big iron but then you got like you know like 17 on old bess you know? <laughs> right right exactly that's what i mean is like it's it's because that's that's the notches murderers this is not a good, right, yeah. good place well, to live in 
No, like this is why this is why the Western genre is so funny to me because it really is romanticized in like this very Dude. intense way, and it's such a you know have you ever seen the show Deadwood? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with it. Deadwood was like a good example of finally a show that was like, guys, you you Clint Eastwood and Sergio Leone and fucking John Wayne and John Ford like made you think that the West was like this cool ass place where cool ass dudes rolled into town, took care of business and strolled on out of there. And it's some tumbleweed town. But Deadwood was like the first show that was like, no, this place is fucking horrific and anyone can die at any time. And yeah. um, it, that's the reality of it is that it really was a horror show. And this, and this song truly um, and, you know, embodies that. And uh, Marty Robbins does a really good job at embodying that in like the whole album. There's, this it sets it off you're like you know what uh this guy's probably gonna win but you know the sheriff does but then there's other songs like there's a good guy you're rooting for him they don't make it they just you know they try their best but there's just nothing that they can do do you know you just you die out in the desert yeah Um, i mean 20 men had this line is uh this is one of my favorite lyrics 20 men had tried to take him 20 men had made a slip 21 would be the ranger with the big iron on his hip and that's interesting. Well, obviously, the big iron on his hip is like the repeated line. It's uh, a cold. You know, they both have colds. But he ma- he tells you, right? Uh, well, it's a specifically the weapon um, that's being referred to as the big iron is a. Uh, um, you're right. It's a it's a famed Colt single action army pistol featuring several unique features, including the backstrap from a Colt 1860 army and a barrel made from a sawed down Marlin rifle. So it's a badass. Oh, it's a badass. It's a big iron half a rifle that's yeah what so you're talking about hell? a literal cannon at the hip and it, yeah. I mean, imagine the holster's got to be like the holster's got to be pointed down to like the back side of his knee i mean oh yeah he, he's got to be walking and he's got to be having he's probably got a trench coat covered up he's got to because oh yeah. you know not that it's you know you don't have to no, hide the weaponry you but if you walk after you get after you as step a ranger, off your probably horse. not but they both had the big iron right Oh yeah, they both got they both the big had, iron on their head. They both had the big iron, but I wonder if they both had the same. It's not clear if that's both the same. Um, if they both had the same weapon. Well, so here in the um, they both had a big iron, but is it the same Colt single? Is my question. I believe it's like a very similar because they say uh, the stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip, um, and then in the third, uh, no, not the third. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do, do, do. And the yeah, Rangers' I mean, aim was deadly with the big with iron big on it. So they both had the big yeah. iron. I'm wondering yeah. if maybe they, maybe the, maybe the. That's kind of the irony of the song is that they both the irony? strapped. Yeah, like like they both were. Wait, no, hold on. Um, no, it doesn't say it here, but I, I think they both were strapped with. Maybe one of them had a 44 Magnum or something. I don't know if those. So here's what I'd like to think in my head, Cannon. Um, I'd like to think that they both, if they both had the same guns or if they were different, um, the Ranger was just more accustomed to his gun. So, like, let's say right. that the uh, the young or Texas Red just had his really big gun because he could just throw it on the table and be like, I'll oh, shoot someone right now. And everyone, oh, everyone stay calm. And then he just shoots him. But the Ranger's like, I've been in shootouts. Like, you know, I am a Ranger. So when it came to like a shootout and he goes to, he hits him before he clears. Yeah, he hits him before he even pulls it out of his thing. Couldn't even get it out of the holster. Yeah, he pulls, tries to pull it out the holster, and he's like, 
bam, <laughs> raisin on him. He's like, oh, eventually you look over, then you just pull it out. You're like, wait, <laughs> just, oh, that's a big iron. Too late. Bam. Too late. Hit you with. Yeah, nah, you didn't even have a chance to say some... wait, man. Yeah, I'm telling yeah, you, you hit with the big iron, you, you're you're breathless. Who he goes, wait. please. <laughs> Yeah. He, goes, he, didn't he has the, the gun. He's like, like, "Don't point that thing at me." <laughs> he was a fucking well, and that's what's so cool is that they like set the story up as though the ranger strolls into town, like he's the he's the unnamed man, like he's the Clint Eastwood from fucking yeah. uh, Fistful of Dollars. But they make yeah. him sound cool and dangerous. Texas Red is rolling into town. You better look out. Everybody better pay attention because Texas he's Red's like here. everyone, like you know, hush up because I'm gonna kill this guy when he. But comes he's a novice. Here. Well, because at the because the story starts off with um. No one dared ask his business. No one dared make a slip. The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip. So he's just rolling into town, very intimidating. Um, but he said, th- verse three is very important. because It says, in this town, there lived an outlaw by the name of Texas Red. Many men had tried to take him and that many men were dead. He was vicious was and a killer, though a youth of 24. So he was in 24 years old. And the notches on his pistol numbered one in 19 more. So... He's he's a straight up killer, like you mentioned. People have tried to take him, have... so he's killed bounty hunters and like possibly sheriffs. People tried to take him. Yeah, no, I was wondering. I almost I thought that there was like a connection between the specific ranger um, and Texas Red. They had like history. They did not. He just knew that the Arizona Ranger was in town, and he said, "This ranger ain't this town ain't big enough for the two of us." And yeah, his... it's not like a. It like, was he just wanted the lawman. That's what he was looking for. Um yeah. to take him out. So um yeah, an unbelievable song. Um it was produced. Let's see. Um oh let's see who produced Big Iron, Big Big Iron. What a great freaking song. Unbelievably iconic tune. It was written and performed by Marty Robbins, originally released as an album track um on the album Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Um it was under the label Columbia, produced by Don Law. Boy, could you pick a better name? And his actual fucking name was Don Law. His actual name. That's his real name. He's from England, though, so I don't know if he... I mean, he looks like he lived in Texas, but never heard of the gentleman, but man, he was born for that shit. 100%. Oh, yeah. So, um, an unbelievable track. It's a, it's an incredible track, and if you listen to it, um, we gave you a little sample rolling in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you wanted to hear the whole song, you can obviously find Marty Robbins' album on Spotify, YouTube. Um, the song's available in a million places. It's an it's an absolute epic song. It's got uh, you know, it's got everything you're looking for in in the story because because it, it moves in a couple different directions, like we mentioned. So um, that being said, let's move into track number two. This was also a big one, not quite as big as Big Iron in the same way. But big, it's it's super important um, in the history of country music. We're moving in to Cool Water by Marty Robbins. Take a listen. All day I faced the barren waste Without the taste of water Okay, that was Cool Water by 
Marty Robbins, performed by Marty Robbins. That's um, on the album that we're discussing today, Gunfighter Ballads and Train so- Trail Songs. Um, an iconic song. Errol, what do you think about Cool Water? What, how does that one resonate with you? Um, I really like it. I think it's a um, it's a, a good ode to uh, just a, a crucial necessity out in the Old West. Uh, it'd be really easy to make a old-fashioned Western song and just really just mosey over the fact that you could just die from just being there like you don't even need to get shy you could just if you don't drink it's hot it just you might not make it and it also it starts alluding to the um to the overall like a religious uh yeah of you know yeah that's what i wanted to discuss like this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album for a very specific reason i think the writing is really tricky in this one it's actually very like um it's interesting because he's talking so dan is the horse right dan is his is his he's talking old dan and i are with throats burned dry um before I actually, uh, I'm going to pause myself there. The song was recorded by the Sons of Pioneers originally in 1941. This is a very, very old song. It was um, performed by Hank Williams along the way. It's 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 in Sons of Pioneers is like one of the first recorded country um, hillbilly style um, music. I mean, it, it dates, it, this song was written in 1936. This thing is historic. It's an iconic song. Um but what I found interesting about the writing is that he's talking to, in my opinion, how I perceived it, I listened to it today and this kind of dawned on me. I actually think that the song is from the perspective of the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Right. So like he's struggling with, you know, dehydra- dying of dehydration, you know, on his horse through the desert. And he keeps saying, Keep a moving, Dan. Don't you listen to him, Dan. He's a devil, not a man. He spreads the burning sand with water. Mm-hmm. And then the, it kind of sways back and forth. And then there's the uh, the angel on his shoulder saying, um, you know, the shadows sway and seem to say tonight we pray for water. So, like, there's like this devil versus angel dialogue. Yeah, the going shadow on would be like the angel as opposed to the. So right. I, I figured the. Uh... I, I couldn't I tried to grasp that and he spreads the burning sand with water. I'm thinking that that might be like a mirage. Yeah, right. That's what my envisionment of it is too. Right. Well. Like he's just like, yo, Dan, like don't we gotta keep going. Like don't mm-hmm. even the devil's playing tricks on our eyes. That's what I mean. Is like I think that's the perspective of like do, like the angels actually telling him, keep him moving, Dan. Don't you listen to you gotta keep going because the real because the angel's trying to look out for him. He's trying to get him to watch. So it's actually, right. it's the reverse of what we just said. So like the shadows sway and seem to t- say tonight we pray for cool water. Like, like he's, he's having this like con- a confliction of like, do I stop because I'm starting to hallucinate water and the angels on his shoulder are telling him, um, but he's, but he's reiterating it to his horse is what I mean. Like, cause he's mm-hmm. talking to Dan, keep him moving, Dan. Don't you listen to him, man. He's like, he's, he's, he's like losing. Like, yeah. And <laughs> they, like, um, so your by- reality. And by choosing to uh, ignoring the devil, they get baptized in in cool water. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, uh, big note on this. Um, this is just like a side note, but uh, the first time I ever actually heard this song, interestingly enough, I'm sure I've heard it along the way because it is so iconic. I'm sure that it's crossed my radar at some point. But 
one of the first times I heard this song and when I heard it on this album and noticed it for the first time, I was like, oh, I know this song. Um, this was um, this was played in the film, um, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, it's a Coen Brothers film from 2018 and Tim Blake Nelson. Dude, if you have not seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, it was on Netflix, came out a few years ago. It's a Coen Brothers amazing movie um that like basically has like it's like it's like a bunch of it's an anthology film so it's got like it's got like four i think four or five different like short films um and that's kind of how the film opens is with is with buster scruggs who is the title character of the film and he's singing the song as he's like kind of pulsing through the uh through the desert just barely hanging on Um, (laughs) but short plug for that film like that the actual um short film the ballad of buster scruggs the first one in the in the overall anthology of the film if you get to the end of that and are not like what the fuck like i'm telling you right now anyone who's listening if you have not seen the ballad of buster scruggs when you get to the end of the first film the first short film that the shocking factor the shock factor is going to blow your it's going to blow your socks off in, and I mean, in a serious way, like if you haven't seen it, please give it a, give it a watch. Um, that, that, that song is in there and um, it's a otherwise iconic song. And um, certainly probably in my top five on the album, um, no, easily top five in, in the, an album of 12 songs. So um, big tune, great tune. Um, loved it. I think it's a great one, but uh We'll, we'll move on. That's Cool Water. That was originally written by Bob Nolan in 1936, who was a founding member of the Sons of Pioneers. And what you heard just now was performed by Marty Robbins on the album we're discussing today. Um, but we're going to roll right into the next one. The next one is a, another classic story of the Old West. You're going to enjoy this one. This tune is called Billy the Kid. Take a listen. I'll sing you a true song of Billy the Kid I'll sing of some desperate deeds that he did Way out in New Mexico long, long ago When a man's only chance was his old 44 When Billy the Kid was a very young lad In old Silver City he went Okay, we're back. That was Billy the Kid by Marty, performed by Marty Robbins. Errol, what are your thoughts on Billy the Kid? Great tune, right? Great tune about a an iconic figure. I don't know right. if it's about the Billy the Kid because it doesn't like quite seem like it lines up to it, but it's a great tale nonetheless. And it's, I really, it's got like one of the first uses that i can even think of of like the spooky western guitar the uh steel like guitar the, yeah exactly like this the like it's like yeah. the old like ooh like kind of everyone on edge kind of thing and yeah it's really, and, it, uh, and you can tell like some of the uh chord progression is kind of like that where it's like it's almost a little off tune and it seems like and it like it almost it's like the measure right before the chorus um sheriff pat garrett that like that that sounds that's almost sounds a little off tune it makes it sound a little menacing right 
Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a great it's great storytelling. I almost think this one was a little too easy for him because it is like um it, it's actually the roots are a little bit the western it has western music roots, but it's actually more rooted in Appalachia. This story, um, specifically the the Billy the Kid and Sheriff Pat Garrett. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, there's still um, it's still a big part of the mythology around um, you know around country ballads or frontier ballads as we you know as the country was you know moving westward. Um, it's been recorded a million times. It looks like the Sons of Pioneers also did this one. Woody Guthrie did an example of this one. Tex Ritter, and then finally 1959. That's probably um, the Woody Guthrie version is in the Library of Congress. It's a big you know it's a big one in the uh in the whole story um but uh yeah huge huge track very very important track um we'll keep it moving though billy the kid if you're interested in the story um, I, I hate to pass it up but actually the one Aaron, thing i did want to mention say, yeah, uh, yeah real quick uh it's uh a lot of these parallel this is like a very big parallel to big iron like billy the kid and texas red a lot of the bad guys like while some of them win when they lose they all lose in the same kind of uh, non-spectacular fashion, man. You true. just get gunned, gunned down. down. You you just, get gunned yeah. down. Yeah, it's true. It and true. To, to mean... be fair, he does say at the end, um, he's like, uh, the last thing he says, he goes, uh, there's many a man with a face fine and fair who start out in life with a chance to be square, just like poor Billy. Uh, they wander astray. They'll lose their lives in the very same way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You get the same. And he and... says it. He's like, you just die out in the street. Yeah, and he was kid. How old was Billy the Kid at the time that he gets killed by uh, Pat Garrett? He's he's shot down by Cat, Pat Garrett. I know he gets killed by him at the end of the song. Um, spoiler alert! Obviously, if you're listening at this point, you gotta expect those. But man, he um, had he to was been, he was still like under twenty. I would say because he was twelve yeah. years old when he killed his first person. And then right, he, so he's, he's by the time he reached a fine age of twenty something, he was a one of them serial killers right again yeah. just, yeah, just another damn homicide just to give me some more notches i need them <laughs> yeah. Pat yeah, Garrett, you coward <laughs> so, he's uh, big iron he's like yo that's a big gun pat <laughs> oh no he's got the, he's got the cannon uh, no pet chill well uh anyways so the important uh I want to just connect a little bit of the Billy the Kid story a little bit. It's um there's a film that came out um, in 1973 about Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It's called Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, um and it was directed by one of uh one of the unsung heroes of like the 1970s uh, film, era, you know era, uh, Sam Peckinpah. Who's if you don't know Sam Peckinpah, I can't recommend just doing a quick Google search. Take a look at his filmography. Close your eyes and pick one, and you'll 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 be satisfied. He's an unbelievable filmmaker from that era. Um, and that film, I actually have not seen that one, so I can't tell you that it's going to be good. But it's got some unbelievable uh, talent around it, so I would imagine it probably holds up pretty well. You got Chris Christopherson and Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan actually wrote the music for it, um, and it's actually the um, the film is. The film of the film Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid is um, very important in the world of music, specifically because it actually produced Bob Dylan's original version of Knock on Heaven's Door, um, which is one of his most famous tracks. And he made it for the song and, um, you know, huge, huge stuff. I mean, we're talking very historical um, significance for um, 
this this story Billy the Kid and Marty Robbins did a great job with the track it's not one it's not a very long song it's actually one of the shorter ones on the album it's only just over two minutes but it's um but it's still great uh there's not a bad song on the, on the album so you know we're gonna keep rolling through let's jump into the next one that was Billy the Kid um and it's a traditional um from you know back in the 30s we're gonna dive into the next one this is a good one so take a listen to this one this next track is called 160 acres take a listen i got 160 acres in the valley got 160 acres of the best got an old stove there that'll cook three square and a bunk where i can lay me down to rest up at dawn to greet the sun i've forgotten what i care of what it means Head for home when day is done With my pocket money jingling in my jeans I've got 160 acres full of sunshine all right thanks for listening to that uh that is that is 160 acres by marty robbins um Errol, I'm going to start this one off with just a little bit of uh, an anecdote this I'm gonna I'm gonna um I want to lift up my skirt here for just a quick second and let you know that this is basically my favorite song on the album. And you probably are going to, you're probably going to, let me take that back. This is my number two. This okay. is my number okay. two. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to spoil the end when we do our like favorite tracks a little bit. Um, this is probably my number two. Every time this song starts, it just puts a big smile on my face. I think it's beautiful as a as a as a, it's actually i think it is the single shortest song on the album at 141 uh, yeah no yeah i got a minute 40 but either either way it's still the shortest um but i just love it i cannot get it i think it's the catchiest tune on the album i think it's the concept is like is beautiful like it's just Good a gorgeous song it is it truly yeah it's exactly right that's it i mean you could whistle this one all the way home from work i mean it's just a goddamn classic um, and it's, it's, it's like the concept too, is like, I mean, the, just for some perspective, the song is basically just simply about owning land and working your own land. And, um, the lyrics go something like I got 160 acres in the Valley, got 160 acres of the best, got an old stove there that'll cook three square and a bunk where I can lay me down to rest. Like it's about living the simple life out on the range off the fat of the land. Um, off the fat of the land. Only a little bit of money, uh, pocket money jingling in my jeans. Um, looking um, up at the stars at night. I mean, what are your thoughts on the song, Errol? Just before I, I go taking over. I really like it because it's kind of like a our first like breath of fresh air. You know, Truly. it's not all bad in the old west. Like you know, it's not all big irons and hoping for water and like oh Billy's dead. Sometimes, you know, you can just hang out by yourself, like get a little, like, you know, get a couple calicos, you know, hang out. Like it's, it's, it's pretty much the, uh, it's the uh, Western dream. Yeah, it is. This guy has a good life. There's a few songs, yeah, throughout the album that like, they represent almost like peacetime, right? So like, Mm -hmm. you imagine that like, you imagine that the, when you live in the West, you're basically always at war with someone. You're at war with the outlaws. If you're a ranger, if you're if you're an outlaw, you're, or if you're a ranger, you're at war uh, at war with the outlaws at all times. There's always just somebody's a killer is lurking in every in every corner of of you know the desert. 
Not and, on those um, 160 acres, man. But on those 160, that's what I'm talking about. Or the valley, right? And we'll get into that in the next couple of tracks. Like the valley represents that where it's like it's lush Ooh. and green. Oh it's, my it, good. I why does that just clicking now? All the songs right. about the valley are just they're lush. They're, yeah. But like that's that's the thing about the about the American Southwest is that like that's where that's where vegetation grows. That's you're not it's not barren, right? Like that's the part of the land that's not barren because that's where you know that's where um precipitation is going to be captured. That's where you're gonna actually get everything some flows down into right. Yeah. So you're gonna actually have some crops, some you know, uh, somewhat sustainable living in the valleys. And I think that it, when he writes this album front to back, I think that's a big part of what he was trying to do is I think anytime he's singing about the valley, he's in peacetime, he's at home, he's on the range. Nobody's trying to kill him. He's not at war. He's not gunning anybody down. Yeah, and in this song, he nails it. Yeah. Or yeah, just someone who doesn't need to uh, literally uh, deal with all the harshes of the, of the era yeah exactly um so that was uh, 160 acres that's uh personally a big one for me I, I really enjoyed that one let's move into the next one take a listen to the next track this is still on side one of gunfighter ballads and trail songs by marty robbins and our next track is they're hanging me tonight was on a rainy night like this that flow said we were through I told her how I loved her and I begged her not to go But another man had changed her mind So I said goodbye to Flo Alone within myself tonight My heart is Okay, that was They're Hanging Me Tonight by Marty Robbins. A great tune. Really love this one. Um, this one is, we're back to the storytelling and we're talking about some heartbreak for old Marty Robbins out in the West. Errol, what do you think? Honestly, one of the only uh, killers in the story that you can almost feel bad for. Not a serial killer, man. He just had someone. He was bested and just in a crime of passion. Truly. He knew he messed up, man. He knew he did, but he had to gun him down. He had to do it. He needed flow. And I love the way that he contrasts, like, they'll bury flow tomorrow, but they're hanging me tonight. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that idea that, like, it almost, it, and you can interpret it a lot of ways. Um, he's He's saying... He almost doesn't regret it, right? That's what it seems like to me. Like he feels yeah, remorse. he knows he deserved it. He's like, yeah, right, he's like, I messed up, but like, he, I don't want to say like he's not remorseful. He feels terrible, but he's like, there's nothing I can do besides like just get hung later, right? Yeah, he knows, he knows that like he's not, he's but not it's fighting almost, it at all. But it's almost pre. This is the interesting part. You you called it a crime of passion, but I almost say that like it almost seems premeditated, right? So it wouldn't be considered one. Uh, legally i mean maybe back I, so past. the only reason i want to say crime of passion just because like i feel like it's time goes slower on the old west like you mm-hmm. know here there's like a statue of limitations where like if you see something it needs to happen instantly but this guy just sitting there looking up at the sky he's like you know what no he's like i will never love someone as much as I love Flo, he's like, I'm done with this. He's like, if I can't have her, no one can. I was going to say, not only only that, but nobody else will love her more than I love her, which is like, damn. 
Right. Like, and then when he does it, he, he realizes the how stupid it was. He's like, why would I like do that? Now she's dead, he's dead, and they're going. Well, I also think it's interesting because I feel like he um and this is a common theme throughout the album in a couple of songs, and um where like he gets poisoned by love, like genuinely poisoned by it. Um, by like the he gets like the like uh, we'll we'll dive into some of the other songs. There's a couple of other tracks where like a love interest really is his undoing the um, driving force to the whole plot. Yeah, yeah. So this one is specifically about that. He's basically you know the the content of the song or the lyrical content of the song is basically that um, he he parts ways with his beloved flow and then she finds another man and then he guns them both down and kills them and then. He knows that his decision will lead to his hanging. Um, as the lyric in the chorus goes, I think about the thing I've done. I know it wasn't right. They'll bury flow tomorrow, but they're hanging me tonight. Um, so that's Hanging Me Tonight by Marty Robbins. Let's dive into our very next track um, on the album. And this will be, if I'm not mistaken, um, this will be the way that we close out. Side one, Errol, I know you're excited about this. Let's take a listen to the Strawberry Roan by Marty Robbins. In his buckboard we hops and he drives to the ranch. I stayed till morning and right after Chuck. I stepped out to see if this outlaw can bug. Down in the horse corral standing alone is an old cavallo a Strawberry Roan. His legs are all spavined, he's got pigeon toes Little pig eyes and a big Roman nose Little pin ears Okay, that was The Strawberry Roan by Marty Robbins. Um, this is the last track on side one of the uh, album produced by Don Law by Marty Robbins, uh, Columbia Records label. Um, Six track of the album overall. Um, back in the day, that's what how they split them up. You got you got six tracks per side. Side A. This is how we're closing out. Errol, what do you think of Strawberry Roan? I know this is one of your favorites. Go ahead, dude. It's got to be. It's got to be. If not number one, number two. It's really up there for uh, my favorite songs on this album. Um, just an excellent showcase of uh, like you know just a metaphor. I love the metaphor for just uh, breaking a buck for like just killing a guy just just yeah, yeah, right. he's like I will, he's like nah i've uh you know i've been on the ranch before i could break a buck and like the whole thing he doesn't he doesn't quit the metaphor the whole time it's always got something in there all the way until the end um uh yeah from the start he's yeah he goes do you have any bad ones to tame and he's like yeah i got one he's like throwing uh he's like a a bad one to buck and like, yeah. can I be when he goes bad one to when I first heard that, I was like, like, I was like, it's fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's all, the whole story is you're right. It is like metaphoric about like, um, you know, the gunslinging and everything. But it really is. You could also read it as a straight, straightforward story about just a cowpoke who's just trying to who breaks the steer. Right. He's just breaking the steer. Right. And um, he's got and he's and he's damn good on it. What's uh, I got to say, one of my favorite one of my favorite lyrics so like the whole concept of the of the song is basically just talking specifically about like in in great great detail and in detail that only a person who that could write this song who is experienced yeah um, in doing this could write in this way you need to have intimate knowledge of truly of of, of horses of, if, yeah, of like of, rearing them because a lot of the stuff well and the ranch thing so um 
I believe we're going to talk about it later, but one of the things, like, uh, you know, just a little thing, but he's like, uh, after he does the old uh, having lots of luck, and then uh, he goes, uh, what's he say? He goes, uh, get your saddle, I'll give you a chance, and his uh, buckboard will hop, um, or we hopped, and he drives to the ranch. I stay until morning, and right after Chuck, uh, we stepped Which out. Which is to breakfast. Chuck is yeah, breakfast. Yeah, right after right? just some food. food, just a little bit yeah, of Chuck. Food, right? The only yeah. reason I knew that is because, uh, like, my grandparents are on a farm and just like oh, get a little chuck in you yeah that's a great name for food by the way i fucking love that i want to like, yeah. i'm gonna start speaking to my like two-year-old that way i wonder chuck? why they call it ch- i'm trying to think about it like either because like you just chuck it back or like it because it's like pre throw up i don't know because <laughs> yeah, right chucking is like yak. yeah yeah Right, maybe it's get some um, chucking you. Get some chucking <laughs> you before you chuck it back out. Right. Um, a, co- a couple of my favorite lyrics are: "I love the." Uh, I'll go in sequence. Uh, actually, I'll combine them because they're pretty close enough together. I'll just read the whole lyric. But like, so he's getting ready to like try to tame this buck, right? He's got this mm-hmm. horse that just needs taming, and uh, he's getting him ready. He says, "I get the blinds on." Um, I get the blinds on him and it, and it sure is a fright. Next comes the saddle and I screws it down tight. Then I steps on him. And I raise the blinds. Get out of the way, boys. He's going to unwind. He sure is a frog walker. He heaves a big sigh. He only lacks wings for to be on the fly. He turns his old belly right up to the sun. He sure is a sunfishing son of a gun. He's about the worst bucker I've seen on the range. (laughs) He'll turn on a nickel and give you some change. Love Mm -hmm. that lyricism right there. That is so like, there's something so undeniably cool about that, like writing, right? So here's, here's what I like to think. That's a easily just a, you could understand that as a, you know, just a regular, uh, just the dude gets bucked off. Um, Mm -hmm. But like uh, he says earlier, uh, he says, uh, yeah, no, he goes, uh, he goes, he's got little pig ears and a big Roman nose, which is Roman is a horse and like, right. uh, just like round ears Yep. or no, sorry, little pig eyes and a big Roman nose, little pin ears that or little pin ears that touch at the tip, a big 44 brand was on the left of his hip. Dude. Yeah. See that I heard that too. I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah. is he talking about is the horse like strapped, like a big 44 no, brand? Was no. Then he hip? says, you could see with one eye, he's a regular outlaw. So when he says like, I get the blinds on him, I think he just like, he's like creeping. Like he doesn't see him and he's like, next comes the saddle. So he just like grabs him and I screws it down tight. Just like really yeah. get behind him. He's like, uh, then I steps on him. Like he just like he he throws him to the ground like steps on him and like raises the blind. Yeah, do you, like, do you think that maybe when he says like he turns his old belly right up to the sun like that's his motion of like when he draws? Yeah, he like and, he like steps on sh- him and then and he's pissed at him. He's saying he is he's sure is a sunfish and son of a gun. So he's looking to go. He's really, looking he's, to, yeah, to yeah, turn he's trying to turn on him. Yeah, he want, yeah. He well no he's he he thrusts his hip out with the with the forty four. Mm-hmm. Boy, he must be he must be fishing to be to go belly up to the sun, right? Like, oh maybe that's yeah, he he's means. trying to like yeah, right up. And I so I don't maybe know. he's weaving back and forth. See, I like your theory here, but I'm not sure that it's I'm on board entirely unless he's unless it can be substantiated that he's weaving back and forth because when he says he's about he's about the worst bucker I've seen on the range, he'll turn on a nickel and give you some change. Like to me, that's like specific to like bucking a horse, right? Yes. 
So um, maybe if he he's leaving in between the two. He hits on all fours and goes up on high, leaves me up spinning in this um, up in the sky. So if he hit him on all fours, like arm, arm, leg, leg, like you're just you're thrown. Right, that's what he's been doing to everyone else who's tried to tame him. He's just chucking them everywhere. Not food, well, no, like I'm way. just like if he <laughs> shot him, like if he hit him on. Oh, all right, okay, like you, no, bah, okay, bah, 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 yeah, you just maybe. like leaves me a spinning up there in the sky. I turn over twice and comes back to earth. Uh, in lights a curse in the day of his birth. Uh, I know there are ponies that I cannot ride. There's some of them left. Uh, they haven't all died. See, it's about. It's he's saying he's like yeah. there's some people I still need to kill, but uh, the, the my favorite lyric in this whole thing is he he goes um I'll bet all my money that the man ain't alive that'll stay with old Strawberry when he makes his high dive. So mm. he gets he gets killed by Strawberry. I think he gets Strawberry Roan takes him out. Yeah, bad. Yeah, I think he's like right. there's he gonna be no leaves. one. Yeah, he's like and then he says there's no one uh. That'll stay with old strawberry when he makes his high dive. So he's gonna die his own die on his own. But do you know about the horse high diving? Dude, what do you mean? look up horse high diving. That's what he's talking about. Oh, wait, were, I think I do know what you mean. If you were a good, if you were able to train a horse really nice, then you would be able to like, yep, just jump 20 feet in this pool. Right. Just straight 20 out. feet. It was like 40. It was ridiculous. So like he was he he's saying that no one was gonna be able to like you know, tame Strawberry Roan like that. He's like, I don't think uh, he's going to, when he makes his high dive, he's going to be by himself. Like, Interesting. But yeah, I think uh, this guy Oh my God, what are they doing with his horse? Dude. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, anyone, I know this is an audio podcast. Let me just, let me just make a suggestion. Errol's talking about diving horses. Look up, you just pull it up on YouTube from like the 20s and you'll just literally see horses. The craziest thing if you've never seen it. It's why it's they do absurd. that. Yeah, interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, I could see that. I think you're I think you're right. I'm still kind of leaning more on the side of the story being a tale about um, a bronc fighter. But um, I do like that too. And like even then he's like, no, nah, there's no way we can tame this horse. He's like, he just gets thrown up once and he's like, nah, yeah. forget that. I he's think like, that he finally meets his match with old strawberry. That's what I think. Right. But but anyway, that's the strawberry realm. That, that's but that's why I like it. Us. I think it's a perfect metaphor. It can be entertained either way. Yeah, it can be you can you can you can definitely interpret it in multiple ways, which is like that's what we love about this album, right? I mean this album has a lot of that. Um, but yeah, so that's the Strawberry Roan. Definitely a big track you want to check out. We're going to move on to the next one. Um, we're actually going to be, we've already gone through half the album. We're going to dive next into the side two of Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Um, so if you hang with us, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk big track, huge track, my personal uh, favorite. I'll spoil it now. My favorite track on the album we're talking el paso by marty robbins out in the west texas town of el paso i fell in love with a mexican girl nighttime would find me in rose's cantina music would play and felina would whirl blacker than night were the eyes of felina Wicked and evil while casting a spell My love was deep for this Mexican maiden I was in love but in vain I could tell 
Okay, we're back. We are back. That was El Paso by Marty Robbins. Errol, I gotta tell you, this is a huge track for me. This is like the track for me. This is A, the track that brought me to this album in the first place. Um, it's the story that brought me to this album. This thing is like when I go to listen to this album, every time I look forward to this most. Um, we can dive into um we can dive into it any which way. I'd like to spend an extra couple minutes on it. But Errol, let's get your initial thoughts on El Paso. What's your what's your thoughts on this track? Where does it line up for you in terms of your uh you know your ranking and uh, what what you overall thought of it? Man, it's almost uh it's almost the saddest one in the in the whole lot in a mm-hmm. uh, in a bunch of sad sad tales, man. This is it's right up there. Um truly it is it you is gotta, definitely yeah, you you got a gentleman that's just—I mean, uh, he's not like a great guy, but there's worse people. It's a parallel to the—he's um, like a better version of uh, the guy from there hanging me tonight. And right, he yeah. almost gets out. He almost gets out. Yeah, because he gets because he truly well the whole the whole concept. I mean, it's just such a monster song. Is like he gets genuinely a spell cast on. Like she's wicked and evil, right? Casting her spell. Yeah. So like, well, I figured that was just like a quote unquote siren song, but that's no. It's I think it's literal. Yeah. Because he he gets out, right? So, for listeners who haven't heard the entire track, the story basically goes that um, the character in the in the content is basically he falls in love with a Mexican maiden in a cantina, a roses cantina, as it's called, and he. when he falls in love with the wicked Felina, he calls her, she casts a spell on him. And then she is, um, he comes in one night after he's deeply in love with, and she's, she's sharing a drink with another man and he guns it down. Just like in a lot of these songs, he guns it down. And, um, when he guns him down, he has to ditch town. Right. So obviously yeah, he's, he's, like, uh... so he's like, I'm out. Um, so he, 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 he jumps on a horse and he heads out, heads out of the West town of El Paso, El Paso and out to the badlands of, of New Mexico. And this is where I think like the, the spell comes in because it's like, she's clearly cast a spell on him because all he's back in El Paso, my life will be worthless. Everything's gone in life. Nothing is left. It's been so long since I've seen the young man, in my, but my love is stronger than my fear of death. So he's got this like this yearning for her that you can't let go of because she cast this horrible spell on him right a horrible and spell like, and he's in love with her yeah yeah and he can't let go of it and he's up on the hills overlooking el paso all the time he can see rose's cantina below the horrible like he's he's horrible he's just love, love yeah exactly so eventually and as i'm telling the story i have like a huge tidbit i want to hit on this that like if errol if you didn't come across this in your research i'm gonna blow your mind listeners if you didn't know about this i think you'll appreciate it as well so I'm going to tell the rest of the story of the of the song, being that it is my personal favorite. Um, so after he's escaped from being, you know, he, he committed murder on behalf of his love here, his Mexican maiden love um, that has cast a spell on him. He escapes to the badlands of New Mexico, but then his love is calling him back. Like he's just, he's he, the spell can, he can't let go. So he decides I'm going for it. I'm going back to Rose's Cantina and I'm going to see Felina again. But like his love is too strong. He can't, he says it here, but my love for Felina is strong and I rise where I've fallen. Like he's just going to go for it. Um, 
So as he's rolling in, he's going to go back to the cantina to try to get Felina. Um, and, it, and, you know, he's being, as he's getting in, he's recognized and he's chased by cowboys and there's five mounted cowboys and there, and now there's a dozen on him and he's on his trail and he's just hauling ass to get to the cantina to, to um, you know, to see it's Felina. a sad scene. He's like, it is. I, it's horrible. He's like, he, I see five and then just 12. Like, you're but like, he knows, oh. here's, here's the most amazing thing, though, right? Like, he knows before he makes the decision. He, this is this is not a siren song. It's a fucking swan song. He knows he's gonna die. Oh, right. He's like, I'm, I'm like, this is how you know it's like a spell. Is that he's he's going for it. He's going to, the, and all he needs to do is make it to a cant- Rose's Cantina's back door. Right. That's what he says. He's like, I just have to make it to Rose's back door. Uh, Something is dreadfully wrong. For I feel a deep burning burning pain in my side. Though I am trying to stay in the saddle, I'm getting weary and unable to ride. But my love for my love for Felina is strong, and I rise where I've fallen. Though I am weary, I can't stop to rest. This I see the white puff of smoke from the rifle. I feel the bullet go deep in my chest. From out of nowhere, Felina has found me, kissing my cheek as she kneels by my side, cradled by two loving arms that I'll die for. One little kiss, and Felina, goodbye. Right. So mm-hmm. he knew when he went back to the cantina that he would be killed along the way. And he did, he was willing to give his life to reach Felina again. Right. And I'm really passionate about this song because, and specifically because I want to tell, I want to tell a connection here. Right. So I want to bring up to you, have you, and and this is for you, Errol, and for the listeners, I'm going to give you an opportunity to opt out here. um, Because I don't want to spoil something that might not be, you know, kosher to, to spoil. Errol. Have you seen Breaking Bad to the end? Yeah. You've seen the whole show? Yeah. The last episode, when he's in the car in the snow in New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he hijacks a car. He's hiding in the car, but the frost, remember, at the beginning of the very last episode of the show, he's in the car, and the frost is, like, covered the windows, so you can't see him. And he gets away because the cops are, like, kind of on him, right? Yeah. If you kind of remember that, I know it's probably a little yeah, blurry. Yeah, it's been a little bit, but yeah. He pops the visor down looking for the keys, and he's like about to do it, and you're like, fuck, he needs those keys. Let's hope they're there. And he pulls the visor down, and boom, the keys are there. He turns the car on, turns the car over. What is playing is none other than El Paso by Marty Robbins in that car. He just needs, oh no. And wait, 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 no, there's more. The last episode of that show, this very same episode, the title of that final episode of one of the greatest TV shows of all time is titled Bolina. Ooh. And not only that, and now that's the, so there's two connections. Number three, number three is that the entire theme and the, the thematic makeup of the final episode of Breaking Bad is this song. Yeah, it is. It's the same story. Oh no, exact, he goes back. Exact same. He doesn't story. care. He's dead. He goes back because he know and he knows he'll die. But he's mm-hmm. he's addicted to the rush. It's the spell. It's the spell of the or of the life of crime. He couldn't let it go in Breaking Bad. Walter White could not walk away from crime. So he, he had said, every opportunity um, to do it, and he's like, "I'm going out like on top." Like, listen to the lyric right here. This is the big one. 
back in El Paso, my life would be worthless. Everything's <gasps> gone in life. Nothing is left. Oh, That's no. Walter White. Ooh, he's yeah. got nothing left. So he's when he goes back, he knows that that will be the death. It's li- and it is the end. It is like it everything's is. Exactly. pretty much figured out. His house mm-hmm. of cards is crumbling. I'm I'm not I'm not speculating too. Like like I'm gonna read from Wikipedia here. Um, from this is from the director. A lot of this is so like um. The episode title Felina is inspired by the character Felina from the song El Paso by Marty Robbins, which plays a major role during the episode. The story of El Paso closely mirrored Walter White's character arc in the final season of Breaking Bad. Walt, who has become a notorious uh, criminal, flees from Albuquerque, living as a fugitive. Despite this being a successful outcome in the context of the story, he finds himself increasingly isolated and dissatisfied. Because his desire of emotional closure outweighs his fear of capture and death, he is eventually driven to return to the scene of his crimes, where he finds the closure he seeks, but ultimately meets his end. El Paso is on a Marty Robbins cassette in Walt's car and is played during the during the episode. Additionally, Walt sings the song to himself, while building his machine gun turret. <laughs> Remember that yeah, scene? The yeah. writers changed the subject's theme from Felina to Felina so that when used as a title, it would serve as an anagram of finale. Oh, Unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievably smart. Unbelievably brilliant. And one Perfect of my favorite... Time. Yeah, one of my favorite little, like... This is why that... And, like, I, I say this as, an, as a point of significance for the song um, because that is, like, one of the great... You know, show finales. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever, you know, I've ever seen. And Marty Robbins is the he basically was the writer of that show. He wrote the end of Breaking Bad. Because Marty wrote this song. This was one of the songs that he he wrote himself. That's his story that he wrote, the whole thing. And um, I just think that he doesn't get the credit he deserves from this song and what it did for popular I culture. I didn't even in that way. I listened to this the whole week. I really like breaking. I would have never got that. I would have no. Never yeah, I remember. I remember stumbling upon it. Um, I can't remember exactly how I stumbled upon it, but I I, th- I think it was on accident because it was funny because. Um, oh, you know what? The story goes like this. Um, my wife Ashley, for listeners who don't know her, um, she she asked me. She was like, "Wow, I was listening to this album just." Um, you know, I've listened to this album well before the podcast many times, and I used to throw it on every now and again, and you know, usually on a nice summer day. And I remember her asking me, she was like, "Well, this kind of like sounds like that show Breaking Bad. It sounds like the Old West." And I was like, "She was like, I wonder if they've ever, if his, if this music has ever been used in Breaking Bad." And I was like, "Huh, I'll look it up." And when I Google searched it, connections just started immediately, and uh, it's an amazing song. Um, I hate to, you know, I don't mean to digress. It's a really, it's my favorite point in the album. It's an unbelievable song. The guitar work is like unbelievably like catchy and technical and great. Um, it's an, it's a, it's immaculate. It's immaculate. Yeah. Well, like I didn't know that's a lot of a uh, nice cultural significance on already uh well liked song by me. So I appreciate yeah. that tidbit. Yeah, we're and I hate to I, I hate to like hog the mic, Errol. So I mean, wh- where's your where are you at with that song in your in your list of um of the tunes on this album? Is it amongst the uh is it does it make your does it crack your top three? Um yeah, I would I would say so. I would uh, I would say El Paso does for sure. Um the only other one I can think of without actually uh, 
you know, well, eh, don't really mean to tell you guys how the sausage is made, but it'd be Utah Carroll. Would it be a toss up? But I would say close yeah, pass over yeah, there. I, I really like Utah Carroll. Yeah, that one's that one's amazing. That's an old traditional, but we'll get to that and hear in a couple songs. But let's uh, let's keep moving through the album. Um, the next up, uh, next up on the side two, we're gonna keep rolling. Uh, also written by Marty Robbins. This next one, uh, if you take a listen, is called In the Valley. I'm as sad as the willow that weeps in the valley Since you've gone, since you've gone from my arms I'm as sad as the cold wind that cries in the treetops I'll be lonesome until Okay, that was In the Valley, um, In the Valley by Marty Robbins, written by him. Um, I really like this one, too. I know that this is the one, of the, one of the ones you're like, kind of like, oh, you know, they kind of all seem to have a theme um, in the valley. And this one's a very simple song. It's nice and short, minute 48. This one is obviously, once again, about, um, this was a little, this is pretty sad to me, too, because it's about just like missing his uh, love, and wanting them to come back uh, to his his you know, land of peace in the, uh, in the Valley era. What are your initial thoughts on the song? Man, he's one of the healthiest people to handle something in this, in this barren wasteland. Like you got either people shooting 20 people, you know, gunning down their wife and person cheating on them. This guy's like, I'm just sad, man. He's like, I just really, he's like, I got all the stuff that I could ask for, but I'm just, you know, if only I had her too, it'd really be nice. And I'm, I feel for the man. I really do. This one's great because it's like, it's a really short and sweet song. It's, it's sad. It's a classic country song. Cause you know, country songs are sad. Another but good whistling song. Yeah. It's another good whistling song. You're not wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a beauty. It's a really beauty. Um, not a whole lot to talk about because it basically is that it's just him longing for his love. He's in the Valley and he's talking um, great. Uh, the writing is great, but it's not super complex, but it is, it's very pretty, um, pretty tuned um so give that one give that one a listen um in full it doesn't take much it's on the album it's on the b-side um but we're gonna cruise right on past it because it is such a simple tune and it's there's a lot to like there but there's not a whole lot to unpack um for in the valley and it's a great song but we will uh we'll move on from that one and dive into something a little bit more complex and if you'll have a listen to that now that is the next track titled the master's call When I was but a young man, I was wild and full of fire A youth within my teens, but full of challenge and desire I ran away from home and left my mother and my dad I know it grieved them so to think their only boy was bad I fell in with an outlaw band, their names were known quite well How many times we robbed and plundered, I could never tell Okay, that is Marty Robbins' The Master's Call from Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Uh, big song here, Errol. This is uh, this was the last one on the record chronologically that was actually written by Marty Robbins. Um, he wrote this one himself, which I'm actually pretty impressed with. This is a really like complex story, and it's got some very deep, um, some very deep lyrical content. Uh, what are your uh, what are your perceptions on it? Um, it is like the antithesis of cool water. 
That's kind of the opposite. Yeah. So you have uh, on Cool Water's end, you have them like praying for water. Uh, they are. He's like, I really like. You know, I don't know whether I should trust the devil or if I should like, you know, trust uh, God. But honestly, the juxtaposition of just asking that means you're a good person. If you don't have twenty notches on your pistol, then you're doing good in the old bus. Yeah, right. So right. like, he's just like, man, I really hope stuff goes well. In the master's call, this is a bad guy. And then when old cool water asked for rain, the master's call gets the rain, but he gets you the rain and the yeah, he got the he got (laughs) the thunder and the lightning. I really (laughs) like it's it's beautiful imagery in the song. Oh my god, you're so right! It's so funny. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like a what was the one? He he says something like the lightning strikes and like it's just like the trees across, dude. And then like the lightning bolt just lit up a face of Jesus Jesus Christ. I'd be like, yes, I am actually. I'd be like, I lied. I'd be like, I literally was religious this whole time, and I'm sorry. Like if I (laughs) seen that happen, I'd be like, nah. Like I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna read. Hold hold on, let me read. I'll uh, I'll actually I'll I'll pull in the lyrics here because like I I think we should share this uh this imagery with our with our listeners. It's unbelievable writing. I mean, and the fact that Marty wrote this is like very impressive. I mean, he's clearly a very accomplished writer. It's it's no you know. Um, you know, it's not to be undersold what a great writer he truly was, but this is like, this is truly like he leveled up for this, uh, this piece. Of it's like, he, he's track. like preaching. It's like, yeah, the... truly it's, it's biblical and it's, it's got yeah. a lot of undertones of, um, I mean, well, let me just read it and we'll, we'll dive in and we'll have a little, uh, post analysis, but here's the lyric that Errol, you were just talking about that strikes pretty incredible imagery. It goes something like, uh, quote, one night we rustled cattle a thousand head or so. And started them out on the trail that led to Mexico. But a northern the norther started blowing and a lightning flashed about. I thought someone was calling me. I thought I heard a shout. Then at the moment, lightning struck not 20 yards from me. And left there was a giant cross where once there was a tree. And this time I knew I heard a voice, a voice so sweet and strange. A voice that came from everywhere. A voice that called my name. So frightened I was thinking of sinful deeds I'd done. I failed to see the thousand head of cattle start to run. The cattle, they stampeded. We were running all around. My pony ran but stumbled and threw it, and it threw me to the ground. It was fear. It, it, I felt the fear was near the, that death would be the price when a mighty bolt of lightning showed the face of Jesus Christ. And I cried, oh, Lord, forgive me. Don't let it happen now. I want to live for you alone. Oh, God, these words I vow. Yeah, he like, became a Christian is, right there. Oh, he was yeah. like, I've lived True fear of God, God, right? Yeah, the yeah. fear of God was literally struck upon him yeah by, by bolt of lightning unbelievable unbelievable beautiful imagery because yeah like what do you uh i'm sure your image is the same as mine is like this old deserted barren wasteland of this of this american southwest with Couple these hills dark, and stuff yeah these dark stormy clouds maybe little patches of grass for the cattle to graze and like some wooden fencing and then just like tree off an, an already an already dead tree like getting just slammed in this and 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 burnt down and then it turns into like a uh basically just, just like a tree f- trunk with two limbs sticking out as in the form of a cross like right unbelievable great imagery unbelievable uh writing there i mean and and so the, and the song goes on is basically the song is truly like his he, is, he repents truly right yeah and there and Marty was, uh, we'll say this about, we didn't touch this so much in his personal, uh, about his personal background, but uh, Marty was a, a, a religious man. Like he was, um, 
that was a part of his story. He was, you know, politically, I don't want to get too much into the politics of him, but he was pretty conservative and he, he had a lot of very, and at the time it was a different conservative than it is now. Uh, but he was a pretty conservative in his political views, but, and I hate to tie that to his religion because his faith is not, you know, not merely exclusive, you know, not mutually exclusive with that, but, um, you know, he was a religious man and he, uh, he wrote about that a lot throughout his, throughout his career, um, more so at the end, but, uh, at the end of his career and some of the later albums I've noticed, but, um, but yeah, this was a deeply religious song, um, and his, I, I think he really genuinely wrote the song to God himself. Oh, like a wow. Okay. Yeah, that's like my, that's him, how I perceive him it. repenting. I, He's like, I'm. Yeah, really, I actually am sorry. Like, because he wrote this as, a, and it is a like I said, the song is basically, or the album is, the record itself is kind of um, intentionally written as a like as an old western movie like it's a lot of tra- it's it's supposed to be it's trail songs and gunfighter ballads i mean that's what it's about it's about tunes this one didn't feel like a like a tale or a, a you know a fable it felt like it came from marty right yeah that's how i took it um it's you know, pretty personal at the at the seems to me um, that way it it seems um the only way you could really come up with a story like this is if you truly felt that like you know what i mean like if you felt that kind of way at some point it's a it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to fake true because like true like repentance you know what i mean like and to like uh portray it uh so so succinctly and uh because but it's also just like "Mm, you're a bit of a coward because like it took it took this it took like god to impose his will on you for you to truly repent you know but right after then he's like i am sorry sorry I, I vow my life to you jesus christ yeah i mean that's yeah what, that's what he's like yeah. hey if you just need one more just let me, <laughs> just let me live. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a great it's a great track on the album it's um i don't know if i put it in my in one of my favorites but I, I i think the lyrics i think the writing is um some of my favorite for sure. i i really like the point you said that like you think it was like him just actually talking to god or like yeah writing no to that's him. That's how I when I listened to it the last time I listened to it that's what uh, that's what stuck with me. That's what took from it. It would make sense, especially if a lot of his later stuff in life was like preaching. He went away from the ah, just walk someone down with a big iron boy, big blicky up in here. (laughs) Man, you just sometimes you don't make it to like yo. I'm actually I probably shouldn't have been singing about like just walking people down. No, and I hate that. I don't mean to. I don't mean to um, announce or, or pronounce that he's like that. He stopped writing like those kinds of tunes because he definitely did it. I mean, his la- the last right. album he ever wrote was called uh, Honky Tonk Man and Guns of a Stranger. Like he was, he was still pumping out like this. You know, a lot of the similar stuff. I think of, of much lesser quality personally, but um, I notice in some of those albums that there are more like um, there are songs of faith in there throughout a little bit more. So, uh, but. Uh, either way, uh, let's let's move into the next track on the iconic Western country album, Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. Uh, next one up is Running Gun. Uh, take a listen. And I rode out of Kansas City, going south to Mexico. I was running, dodging danger, left the girl that I love so. Far behind lay Kansas City and the past that I had earned 
20 notches on my six-gun mark The lessons I had learned Many times I've sold my fast and for a place to lay my head Till the nights begin to haunt me by the men that I let dead All right, that was Running Gun by Marty Robbins on uh, the album we're discussing today. Um, One thing I want to mention real quick oh, before I forget it, um, The Master's Call, I don't know if they switch up like because I didn't listen to the other like a uh, album uh, rendition where they just put them in different orders, but I, you could swear it's the ending of Big Iron on his hip before the Master's Call. But that's I just wanted to say that. Oh yeah, and well, like I said, the track listing kind of jumps around, but um, no, we can talk about that a little bit at the end. Um, but let's dive into Running Gun, Errol. This yep. one is this one is pretty produced, right? There's a little bit more um, if. Um, I don't I, I don't really have a ton on the production but as far as I can as far as my very unprofessional ear can pick up it seems like this song they kind of bumped up the maybe they thought that this track would be the one that could like soundtrack a, a like a western film um the story itself is once again fantastic I mean um the song is about a running gun who leads his lover as he tries to reach Mexico as before in his uh, past life he was a hitman who claimed lives for money later wanting to start a new life across the border as he did not agree with his current lifestyle and becomes a running gun the running gun meets his end when a bounty hunter recognizes him and guns him down and um guns him down he does I mean just another this one's pretty similar to a lot of them um I mean it's it's kind of like a it's it's another tragic end to a to the life of a of an outlaw someone just kind of trying their best to you know turn it around as much as they can mm-hmm. yeah well, did you person, ever say the uh, lyric from this one yeah because it's an ode to the uh you know for his hand like lightning flashed my own gun stood in leather man he didn't even he didn't even clear <laughs> leather boy dang <laughs> yeah yeah with the leather turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down quick yep Yep, I I love that motif and the whole thing. Like, didn't even clear mm-hmm. leather. I'm like, oh, you got him like that. Like, I didn't even yeah. live at a time where like there was holsters and stuff, and I'm still like, she. Yeah, and he and it's funny because like part of the story actually takes place in like the Midwest, where like he's like safe and with his with his love, his uh genie, I think is her name in the song. Um, so like, and then but he returns to the old west. He says, I gotta go back, and then he goes back, and you know. He knew the price to be paid, as he says in one of the lyrics. I mean, that one's, it's a classic Western story. Um, it's another great track on the album. That, like I said, we're not going to run into any bad tracks on this one, but uh, this was just another one that is a, uh, just another classic Western tune. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll cruise on past this one again. Um, but that was Running Gun. Let's move into the next track. The next one is going to be, <laughs> we're going back to the Valley. The next tune is, the Little Green Valley. Take a listen. I see a candlelight down in the Little Green Valley Where morning glory vines are twining round my door Oh, how I wish I were there again Okay, we're back. That was the Little Green Valley. Errol, we're back to the valley. We're back to the land of peace. Uh, what do you think about this one? Man, you can't be mad when he brings you back to that Little Green Valley. Um, 
religious like undertones. A little bit, right? Yeah, you know true. what I mean? Like it just seems morning like glory vines. Yeah, and there's just a real like every time. It's nice because all the people who are like you know just praying and just like you know or just a uh, they want like God on their side. They they come out. Anyone else, if God isn't mentioned, you know you getting gunned down. That's yeah, just, I get a feeling from this song though, specifically that like he's in. I don't think he's in the little green valley, right? So most of it's like him. Uh, how I wish I was there again. And he's talking like, yeah, I think he's in a pinch. I think he's been shot. Uh, I think he, the character's been shot, and he's like dying on a hillside somewhere in, in the barren wasteland. And he's and he's like, and uh, but he's close to the valley. It's in sight. He sees or now that I'm reading it could be like dying and he sees like the light yeah it could be and right it's just yeah, like you know song, you just right? see like uh the morning glory vines you just see like heaven mm-hmm. yeah like, there's only one thing ever gives me consolation and that's the thought i'll be going back someday and every night down upon my knees i pray to the lord to please take me back to that little old green valley far away like he that's that, maybe his that's his heaven right and like right by a little babbling brook, once more we'll wander, and in a shady nook we'll dream the hours away. Like I love that writing; it's so pretty. Like it's it's he. I like when writers do that. Like John Denver did this a lot, where they really know how to like uniquely describe nature. Um, and I think this was like a this was a very unique. And once again, this is every time he sings about the valley, it's very like short and sweet. And it's um, you know this this track only comes in at like I think about a minute and forty eight seconds. Um, which is, um, you know, it's short. It's a short track, but once again, it's a beautiful little tune. And, um, you know, it's a, as you put it, that's the old whistler, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so we'll move into our final track. That was in the Little Green Valley. The Little Green Valley was, um, you know, the second to last one. Let's close it out. Uh, this is another big one. This was uh, one of Errol's favorites um definitely one of mine too uh this is utah carol by marty robbins and now my friends you've asked me what makes me sad still and why my brow is darkened like the clouds upon the hill running your phone is closer and i'll tell to you my tale of utah okay carol, that was utah carol by marty robbins um Another great tune. This one's cool. I, I'm I'm so happy they originally closed on this one. I I do think this was, um, I don't think it was the right pick for the last song on the album. But I I I do. Any other album without El Paso, I think this works as a closer, right? Oh, um, okay. I could see. So I don't mind Utah Carol being the closer because it's these are all. Uh, very intimate stories of yeah like people and their lives as they're happening utah carol he's just sitting at the bar mm-hmm. everything's already done he's like all right guys man you guys are asking me man i'll, I'll tell you like i'll tell you about him and then he's like it was my my bro dude mm-hmm. we were going out he just tried to help out this young lady put a little yep. uh, red robe under it just so like you know so it wasn't so Lenore. rough and then yep the steers caught it and then everything just went wrong. And then he like, knew man, he messed yeah. up. He knew he met. He's like, that was my fault. And he did everything he could to make sure that she got out of there. Cause he tried to make sure that she had a nice ride. So the least he could do is make sure that she didn't die. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Lenore. She's a younger girl. 
like a uh sounds like it like a teenage girl like just a nice and and then it's just a sweet guy who's like you know like i I got you like you don't need to worry like someone like a because her uh the dad was there too and i think he was just a uh you know um i i mean i feel like in the west there's always like the overtones of like uh you you could marry someone when they're like twelve. It didn't matter. But like yeah, he well, was, in the eighteen hundreds, I mean, that was going on. Right, you were gonna die in like mm-hmm. two decades. So like, you had to get twelve kids to work on the ranch. But yeah. um, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like this was a really actual like wholesome relationship. He was like he was like a uh, uh like chivalrous. He was like yeah, I get a like, sense you know, of innocence take this. too. Yeah, he's like I'll I'll help you out with this. Like you know, you're good to go with me. I'll keep you safe. And then like you know, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Oh, here's this. I know it might be scary. Then it goes left, and then once it happens, he's just like, lay still, Lenore, I'm coming. Like, lay still, Lenore, like, please. And then gets, takes the rope, puts it over his head. He's like, he, like, breaks his back. Right, yeah, back cinch. Yeah, his back cinch snapped like thunder, and he fell by Lenore. I mean, yeah, it gets violent real quick. And then he he grabs the robe, and then he crawls away to, like, Mm get the stampede like away from like her like he's just dead, like yeah. about to get trampled then they're coming he by trampled, and he yeah. just he hits the first one though he that six shooter crack like lightning yeah, says, yeah so, that's the, so that's the story i mean that's as you know if you haven't listened to the whole track the story is of uh old utah carol yeah you know it's, it's almost like a story within a story because obviously um it's being told from the perspective of a third party and he's, um, you know, he's killed by a stampede trying to trying to help a, a young girl. And it's probably, like, probably the best person depicted, arguably. In the yeah, world. morally, I think you're just a right. true actual hero, as the uh, the preacher said. I hope uh, we'll all meet Utah at the Roundup far away. Yeah, at far away. Good yeah, man. Yeah. I hope we all meet Utah at the Roundup far away. Beautiful. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Now it's now that it's like kind of framed that way. Actually, I do like it as a closer, but. Um, I think musically El Paso closes a little better just because he, the final words of that song are good. You know, Felina gives him a, a kisses his cheek while she kneels by his side. I tell yeah, him, it's like a, yeah, it's like he says, but goodbye. I feel like that so was almost works. like, I feel like that's almost like too sad to end too up. on the nose. This is yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. this is, it's sad, but it's like, he's remembered fondly mm-hmm. by like yeah. everyone. That's true. Yeah. So there it is. We did it. Um, that is the entirety of the uh, Marty Ro- Marty Robbins record, Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs. It's an iconic record, uh, a big one. We were really happy to cover it. Um, what did you uh, did you take a look at the 1999 reissue track listing? Because that actually that one actually does end with El Paso, and it actually includes a track that we didn't talk about. Um, in the uh, original which is uh, saddle trap which i actually think was a that's a tough omission for me because i really think that's a great song that's a man i'll, really I'll tell song. you what i i missed it i really did and you all missed the saddle trap? yeah because it's only on the 99 reissue um which is it's kind of a bummer to me i think that's a i think it's an unbelievable tune it's a great song i'll give and, you an earnest um, review next time yeah maybe that'll be when we do a recap in uh the next podcast of this one um you know a post a post op of that one you let me know you give old saddle tramp a listen it's a boy that could be some innuendo she couldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> jeez that's why i made the that's why i made the song uh master's call he's like i'm sorry about that one he's like I yeah gotta I, I gotta i gotta pay i gotta pay some penance for that one 
Um, so uh, the personnel on the album, Marty Robbins, vocals, guitar, uh, lead guitar, Grady Martin, rhythm, rhythm guitar, Jack Pruitt. On bass is Bob Moore. On the drums is Lewis Dunn. Um, some of the backing vocals done by Tom Paul and the Glazier Brothers, uh, with the American Country Music Group, um, and Bobby Sykes. So those are the folks who made the album possible. It was produced um, by Don Law, as we mentioned, and it was on the Columbia label. Goddamn, Columbia goes back, doesn't it? Holy smokes. I think they're still pumping out albums to this day. Um, the uh, 1959 track uh, track release length was 35 minutes, 25 seconds, 1959 LP. Uh, the re-release in 1999 comes in at 44 minutes and 44 seconds, fours across the board. Um, the reception of the album is huge. You got big four and a half stars from all music. Um, it is included in the 1001 albums you must hear before you die, rightly so. Um, and it's most definitely an iconic piece of music. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to it front to back, it is honestly super listenable. Like, even if you don't like country music, it truly is like it's it's worth your time. Um, it Man, might be it's my over, first. it's over before you know it. It really does, it flies right by. And and you can and then you I honestly find myself just restarting it, and I have no trouble listening to it a second time. Um I will say that like one album that I would compare it to that is like as good, and I almost it's tough for me to say it's um I the only I think it's maybe my favorite all-time country album. Um there's only there's only two others that in my opinion rival it for me. And that is uh Redheaded Stranger by Willie Nelson. That one is unbelievable. And then um alongside that would be um oh, I'm sorry, let me pull it up. Uh the actual album I know the I know the artist the album title itself. Um, the only one that it would rival for me um, would definitely be by Glenn Campbell. Um, that would be Gentle on My Mind. That's the one. So Gentle on My Mind by Glenn Campbell, Redheaded Stranger by uh, Willie Nelson, and uh, maybe we'll do a, a podcast on those one day. Those are those are the other two, along with Gunfighters ballads and um, and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins that I think are kind of in the they're in those three together are just true like top of the heap, you know, cream of the crop in terms of country music. They're unbelievable albums. And Marty Robbins is an icon, true icon. So um, that being said, um, we're going to take a quick 30 second break. Um, we're going to come back. Aaron and I are going to give our quick review of the album, a uh, quick summarization along with our, our, the big one, but we'll do big ratings. We're going to do a rating out of 10. Um, and we'll be back with you in just about just a minute and, uh, just hang tight. We'll be right back. Thanks. back to talk and finalize we're going to close out uh the uh the record by marty robbins um 
Eric, why don't you go first? You want to go first? What's your rating out of 10? We give the album, we, we're going to do this with our music series. We've done it with our film series so far. Um, Errol gave in the film series, Errol gave the thing an eight out of 10. I gave it a nine out of 10. Uh, that's the only ratings we have so far. Um, and now in our music series, we're going to add to that list. So Errol, why don't you go right ahead? What did you give gunfighter ballads and trail songs by Marty Robbins, a rating out of 10? Um, initially I, I just want to, you know, easily give it like an eight or nine, like, uh, just like a no no question at all, but I I might give this the coveted ten for two reasons. Wow! Wow! Two. Big score! Big score! Two Damn. reasons. Big ten! Wow! Okay! Okay. As I said in the beginning, it is one of the reasons why I do not. I can't say that I don't like country music. It is. It's great. It's phenomenal. It's got a great story. Um. Even if you're not religious, there's nothing to hate about like the context of it. It's just a good like people who just want to do good, and then they happen to do good. The bad guys don't really do mm-hmm. well. Sometimes the good guys don't. Do, it's just, you know what? It's just a nice like I. I mean, it's just a perfect little, uh, tableau. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. It's just yeah. the perfect little like you could just tableau. look into the little that little world for. 44 minutes and have a good time little window wow that's mm-hmm. big score man and i'm telling you you're you, you're well within your rights you're you're on solid ground to do that because i'm uh, telling you it's an iconic album yeah the thing that cemented or cemented it for me is uh big iron big iron i love fallout too much i i like i would it's uh, big score i, I would almost just score. voted uh the 10 just from that alone but it's it's such a complete album uh, really and, uh for for such a you know a relatively like early period it's a great production mm. um good good stuff yeah unbelievable yeah no that's huge that's big score that's a big big score so i'm gonna round it out here okay um arrow gave the album a 10 out of 10 my score my score you know it, up even up until this point i wasn't i've been leaning one way one way back and forth just just really having a hard time pinning down a, a rating for this I'm not going to give it a 10. The only reason I'm not going to give it a 10 is because while I think it almost deserves a 10, it does have a few tracks that miss the mark for me. Um, Not fully miss the mark. There's not a single song on the album I dislike. Kind of what we were saying, uh, like almost in between takes, like a lot of the Valley songs are just, they might pretty much be the same song. They're like the highlights for me, though, believe it or not. Like, I actually don't, those aren't the ones that actually I deduct point on. It's, there's specifically, there's about two tracks that, two or three tracks in the whole album that I'm just like, okay, I like it, but I'm not in love. Um, I love every song, but I would say Running Gun is a mismark for me. Um, I don't think it's a bad song. I enjoy listening to the song. If you put it on for me in the middle of the day, I would stop and listen. It's great. It's a good song. Running but Gun's a good TV show like theme. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me when it starts because yeah. it's got that dunk, dunk, dunk. like it's a little chunky and it's a little bit produced and it's but it's still very good. Um, that really is basically the only one other than I guess you could probably say <clears throat> Billy the Kid is a is not a miss for me. It's closer to a miss. Um, I don't know. I hate to single those songs out because I also do love those songs, but. For me, it's just it's not ex- it's not a perfect ten because it's not in my opinion it's not a perfect album. 
Um, for you, I understand because I get it. Like Big Iron means so much to you that it uplifts the rest of the album. It's like yeah, you know, rising tide lifts. It all really, shirts. it really irons out any kind of kink that is that or and there's not a lot present. There you go with those dad jokes again. I see, I see you. You didn't slip that one by me. But uh, um, that being said, I am, I am going to go. I'm going big score. Don't, don't you worry. I'm going big score. Um, I'm going to give it a big 9.5 out of 10. Ooh. Our first point five rating. I'm going to give it a 9.5 because it really is deserved of, of a big score um, because of just how great it is um, when it's great. When it's great, it's great. When it's good, it's also great. And when it's not either of those things, it's I don't even know it. that. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that it ever hits that point though in the album. I don't think it ever, it never dips below good or very good. Um, See, I like to think of the, I like to think of the uh, hills and valleys, or like the valleys, uh, for lack of a yeah, it's almost no like pun a break intended. Down, are right? they? Yeah, they're. It's like the sorbet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, perfect. Right, right. Well, excellent. Well, those are our scores. Uh, Arrow goes with a big, uh, remarkable ten out of ten, which is that's a big score. And uh, I was it? I was debating, but no, I'm glad you went with it. it. That's bold. And listen. If we if we're hit if we're doing ten out of tens, eventually you're gonna be hit. We're gonna we're gonna hit low points too. Where we're gonna have low scores for for albums we're not so fond of, but that's okay. Um, I'm yeah, glad have to be Marty Robbins, and he's got a big iron man. If you want to get that ten spot, <laughs> so I don't really, yeah. I don't know, listen, man. Yeah, you're strapped with a big iron. Listen, you brought to, you're getting a big score, so and well deserved. So, um. I just want to hit one more. We're we're not going to take any more breaks. I just want to hit um, a couple of little uh, lingo from. This is a, a point we wanted to hit on the way out. So those are our scores. I want to talk about a couple of like old Western lingo that I thought was pretty um, hilarious. And you know, you had a couple too, but um, the one I wanted to pass your way was it's called a. I'm just going to read off a couple of these. and I, Well, how about I read them off, and I want you to try to guess what they possibly mean, okay? Okay. So let's start with a couple here. What do you think an Arkansas toothpick is? A, uh, a hay? Like just a single strand of hay? No, it is a large knife. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get better. Uh, what do you what do you think um hold on what do you think the back what do you think backdoor trots are i really don't want to say um, back backdoor trots you, you if i had to guess i'll uh, put it in i'll use it in a sentence you got a case of the backdoor trots oh no you get a case of the the mud butt <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you got diarrhea, bro. You got you got the backdoor trots. <laughs> I've tried. You, you literally, you it's literally translated to diarrhea. <laughs> if we're not going to end a podcast on toilet humor, then we're wasting our time even doing a podcast. So, oh, uh, I said one earlier. It was a uh, old timey word. The old uh, what was it? California, uh, California prayer book. It's just mm, a, yeah, it's a pack of cards. It's just a pack of cards, right? <laughs> you just can't believe it. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, hold on, this one's great. This one's more, it's almost toilet humor, but it's not what you think. What do you think broken wind is? 
a lying. That's when your horse gets a lung infection. Oh. You got that broken windpipe. <laughs> uh, we got uh, burn the breeze. That means to go. That's full steam ahead. Uh, cottonwood blossom. Jesus, that's dark as fuck. All right, take a guess on that one. Got cottonwood blossom. Um, is it like? Don't look it, it up. Is it like? It's in the south, and they. It's always. It's always. It's probably. It's probably racial. The thing no, that well, I, it could be. It could be. Cottonwood blossom is a man lynched from a, the limb of a tree. So it reminds me, or reminded me of Strange Fruit. Mm. The uh, the song Strange Fruit, and they always just like it was always just called like something like, you know, if someone's just hanging from a tree, it's just like, oh, that's just like you know, Alabama awesome. apple tree. It's kind of terrible. Like, this is really it's, it, well, it's how um how. Uh, uh, desensitized everyone was to it. Yeah, that you could just true. call it something. So well, they could make a joke about it that like the, right. the the human being is like the blossoming of a of a cottonwood tree, right? Right. It's pretty. Um. Sick. Do you know what a uh, uh what is it a uh, like? I think it's calf drippings. No, what's that? It's uh. Wait, let me make sure it's calf drippings. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I don't, I've got... No, sorry, no, sorry. Calf slobbers. Calf slobbers? Oh, I definitely don't know them. Yeah, it's a... Uh, what would you guess? Calf slobbers? Let me get, like let me get extra calves. Woman? Let me get extra... <laughs> I'll use it in a sentence. Let me get extra calf slobbers with that. Mm, is it like a... Let me get extra bread? Or extra, extra brisket or extra beef? I don't know. It's a, a meringue. On your pie. Ooh. Oh, the calf slobbers just dripping <laughs> yeah. on there. Give me a little bit of calf slobbers. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's great. I'm, some of these I gotta steal. Some of them I'm deleting from my brain as we say them. I wanted. Uh, I wanted to start using a calamity Jane for the Queen of Spades. Ooh, that's kind of nice. calamity well, Jane. Got a lot of, you know that the cards, the card game was like sick back then. Like they were just yeah, always playing they were like, like there's like stories. Like it, oh yeah, that's how a lot of the western start was at a poker table gone wrong. Um, you never heard of a hold on? Oh, I just had one. It was pretty good. Uh, damn, I think I lost it. Um, <laughs> an expression of disgust was no, it could be described as. Looking for a dog to kick. <laughs> I was just looking for a dog to kick. <laughs> Dude, I'm used. I'm sorry. I'm going to be seen as a monster. Yeah, you know, what's food. wrong? You seem really upset. Ah, I'm just I'm looking, just for, a looking for a kick. dog to kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's extra um, mean. Yeah, I always no, thought that's... it was funny. And like, this isn't really the Old West, but it was in uh, No Country for Old Men when they're like coming across a crime scene and they walk upon it and there's the the dog the dead dog just laying there mm-hmm. the, the, the deputies just looks down and he says oh hills bills they even shot the dog they even shot the dog they shot the dog like that little like uh what is it called is it like it's a is it a nomenclature or is it a uh, no it's a colloquialism 
Yeah. It's what it is. That Hell's Bells, there's something real charming yeah. about that. I don't know what it is, but you, you start a sentence on Hell's Bells, you got my attention. Oh, yeah, you just know you're in for a, mm-hmm. for a good time. Stringing a wizard. That's called telling a tall tale. That's, that's your full of shit. You're stringing a wizard. All right. uh, I had one more around here, I think, before we got, before we started getting going. Uh, I guess not. Um... Oh, if somebody's getting close or nearby, you could say you, you refer to them as being two whoops and a holler away. <laughs> two whoops, two whoops and, and a holler. holler. You could yell a little bit and then you'll see them. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. A, a California widow would be affectionately referred to on the internet nowadays as a. Uh... So it's a woman separated from her husband, but not divorced. Mm-hmm. So like that would just be called uh, like they just say that that guy's a cuck now I think yeah basically right I think that's what the internet would call it yeah the internet would take things it takes things to a dark place pretty typically so they they they'll ramp it right up all right so be sure uh, that we cl- are on the internet let's close it out let's close out the big album um gunfighter ballads and uh, trail songs by Marty Robbins I do want to close it out before we. Uh, We'll let you know what we're going to do next here, but I do want to mention, I want to say this, um, this is from the library of Congress, um, dot gov about Marty Robbins. He was quoted as saying, and I just want to read this off because I think it's important to close out with, um, in an interview shortly before his death, he called El Paso his favorite song he ever recorded. Quote, I do it every night, but I never get tired of singing it. End quote. He said, quote, there's nothing, there's not another song like it, I guess. Plus, it's cowboy music, and it's got a little bit of mariachi-type music in it, you know, the Mexican border sound in it. That's kind of what I like, too, end quote. When asked how many times he thought he'd sung El Paso, he answered, quote, tell me how many personal appearances I've made in, since 1959, and then I will know, end quote. So that's the one, and and for me, that's the one, and, if, and, and I guess we never really hit that, so uh, before we go, Errol... Uh, for me that's that's number one that's the track of the album that's my favorite song on the album um i do i do very much like all of them um i would say that my second favorite is probably 160 acres just based on its catchiness and then big iron those are probably my top three what are yours i would say uh big iron utah carol and then i'd have to uh agree with the el paso that's a good three. It's a great three. Our threes are similar, just in different order. So we're we're pretty much on the same page with that. Unbelievable. An unbelievable album. A great album. It's it's fantastic. If you haven't had the chance to listen to it in full, please go back um, and, uh, you know, find it on, on, it's everywhere. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify, YouTube. You can find it in all those um, easy places to get your hands on, you know, music these days. Um, so give it a listen it's great and the rest of this catalog is quite uh, phenomenal as well Um, there's also a second follow-up by the way Um, there's a follow-up album by marty robbins that came out a year later in 1960 and you guessed it it's called more gunfighter ballads and trail songs and um, i have listened to it Um, i wasn't as much of a fan as as obviously the first one the first one's so iconic um but uh, it, it is still worth listening. It's still a pretty good album. So feel free to check that out as well. Um, 
Marty Robbins, a music icon, um, an unbelievable figure in the history of country music. Um, we hope you enjoyed what we had to say about it. It was fun to talk about it. Uh, fun, great listening to it. This was one that was really fun to do prep for because we just got to listen to a great album over and over. And honestly, that that kind of that's one of the reasons that uh, led me towards uh, the ten because I listened to this like every single day and I didn't get tired of it at all. Like no, me whenever I had a second, I'd be like, yeah, don't, we'll just listen to this. Here we go. Dude, yep. Wicked nice. Yep. Yeah. And you're doing, you're doing prep work and it was like, it didn't feel like work at all. It felt, it felt nope. really, you know, fun to do. And I'm glad we did it. It was great. It was a fun episode to, to get ready for. And uh, I also enjoy talking about it too. So, um, and we hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. What we've got next, uh, the, fourth uh for fourth and forthcoming episode of the personal views podcast we're going back to our biography series um this will be number two in that series and we are going to discuss wendy carlos um i think i mentioned this in the previous podcast we're doing the prep work for that now we're going to start that research um now and we're going to get that ball rolling hopefully we'll have that uh, recorded edited and released within the next week or so um wendy carlos is an, you know an american musician and composer a uh, very important figure in the history of you know um, film she was a mostly centered most of her composition and music was associated with some pretty big films a couple uh two two huge films by stanley kubrick his two most horrific films i will say uh clockwork horns and the shining um unbelievable story um we want to do that story it is uh it is june so we know that it is uh it is pride month in the united states so we want to um we want to honor a figure like wendy carlos um for that reason and a bunch of others alongside uh, her talent yeah and uh to be honest um it kind of just like lined up wendy carlos was one of the first people that we did want to like talk about but then uh with a pride month coming along we just we figured it would be a perfect time to just uh Timing's right. crank it out so yeah, uh the timing works well yeah it just it happened to be a perfect case of serendipity so with that all i have to say is um i uh you know i hope everyone does have a safe and fun pride month if um you choose to go out um be safe um if you choose not to i suppose there's nothing wrong with that as well um but uh yeah wendy carlos uh I don't know if like a I don't know if she's like a household name, but I feel like uh, definitely no, uh, probably more... not. But we'll we'll make we'll do our best to make it that way. We'll try excellent. to make her story known. Yeah, excellent figure and um, uh, just a very appropriate time to uh, you know to segue into it. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, again, thank you folks for listening. We really appreciate it. This is the Peripheral Views podcast. As I mentioned at the at the top of the show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at peripheralv123. Find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash peripheralviews123. Contact, uh, contact us at Gmail, and, that can, and our email account is peripheralviewspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. Our website is pending. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, and if you're on one of the you know three platforms that we're streaming on, Feel free to subscribe. That's huge for us. Um, subscriptions are big, and we're going to continuously put um, we'll put as much out as we possibly can over the coming you know weeks, months, and hopefully years. Um, so follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our Apple Podcast feed and our Spotify feed, and that way you can get notified 
don't forget to hit that notification button so we can, you know, when new episodes do drop, you'll be notified um, as such. So thanks again for listening. Peripheral Views podcast, episode three in the books, Gunfighter Ballads and Trail Songs by Marty Robbins. Had a blast doing it. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next one. With Take care until then. Take care until then. Wendy Carlos coming up next. But my love leader is strong and I rise where I fall. Though I am weary, I can't stop to rest. I see the white puff of smoke from the rifle. I feel the bullet go deep in my chest From out of nowhere, Felina has found me Kissing my cheek as she kneels by my side Cradled by two loving arms that I'll die for One little kiss and Felina